guys, welcome to the Great Cave. It's your man's Kovu. Monty here as always. What's going on, Monty? What up? What up? And uh, man, how, how's your past week been? It's been okay, man. It's been okay, but there has been a lot of disappointments recently. But we'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> we'll get to it when when it's time on the podcast. Twenty twenty is definitely um going out with a bang and not in a good way. Um. And I just hope that December isn't setting the tone for 2021 because that would be that would be horrible. But uh, well, do you hear what's going on with uh, December 21st? People are hyping up this date that something's about to go down, similar to in 2012. Really? I feel like we we never learn. <laughs> like there's 2012. There was the what two 2000s. You remember the some what the computers were supposed to like the Y2K thing. Um, oh yeah. And then even in between that, there was a bunch of Judgment Day uh, announcements that just never came. So, like, um, I mean, I'm, I'm down to look into it, you know. Some prophecies do come come true, right? It just doesn't seem to be of the apocalyptic variety. Yeah. Well, people do say that in 2012, something did happen, but uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't, you know, in your face. It was something happened in the kind of very, in the background. So that's that's kind of interesting. Oh my god! Like the world is like a big place, right? So I can just I can throw out a date and say something's going to happen on this date, and then somebody like may die <laughs> on that date and say, and I can be like, oh, I was right about that. Like if uh, 2012, like the world was supposed to end. That that was the main thing, um, and nothing happened. Nothing of of significance happened on 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 uh on that date. And I don't think nothing of significance is going to happen on December 21st. Maybe, though, because the way 2020 is looking. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah. But uh, what, 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 what's, what, what's the deal this time? Did somebody do some sort of math experiment and it found out some stuff like, oh, my God, like, like how, did, how did this happen? Like, what's the story? Honestly, I have no idea. But people say, you know, this time, I guess they're not hyping it up as end of the world, but. They're hinting at something, but even they don't know what the fuck it is. They say something might happen, but they're they're not. This time, I guess they're smart enough to know where we shouldn't say some uh, something exactly going to happen. So, you know, whatever happens, they could say yeah, it did happen. You just didn't see it, you know. Yeah, I find that a lot of people want something to happen. There's a, a ton of doomsday cults in the world right now. Uh, yeah. Some even on Reddit. There, uh, I remember seeing a YouTube video about a particular doomsday cult on reddit and um it's weird because in in this particular doomsday cult actually gives stuff away as a as a a way to initiate people so it's almost like they buy their uh their beliefs they they buy dogma amongst people i I just can't remember the name of it but i always look at, at at doomsday cults and judgment day um announcements as I got to give it the side eye. I got to get it, give it the side eye, especially when, when it's Christians doing it. Right. Because there's a scripture in the Bible that says you won't know the day, time or hour that I'll, you know, that'll happen where Jesus will come back, but people still try to calculate when. And um, it's actually had some real, real damages in in society. Like I remember, uh, are you familiar with the internet historian? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I hear it's a great YouTube channel. Yeah, he put out a yeah he put out a video, um, talking about this old pastor who was actually really rich. He was really well off, and I think he had a a cushy position in in Christian radio. And he swore up and down that a particular day, uh, the world was going to end, and that day came, 
and uh, <laughs> nothing happened. But the problem is he was super influential, like thousands and thousands of people, tens of thousands, definitely. I almost want to say hundreds of thousands, but tens of thousands of people bought into it. And so people were selling their house. They were selling everything. They were selling all of their, uh, um, they're running up credit card yeah. debt. Some people were committing crimes. Like it, it was crazy. And, it, and some people even, uh, you know, started suicide pact and fucking just kill themselves. Well, yeah, that, that happens too. So it's, it's, it's rather insidious, you know, at the surface, it might look harmless. Like, Oh, look at them. They believe the end of the world's going to happen. But sometimes it has real world effects when, when you actually believe that. Um, but with that being said, we can get into some of these topics. So, Today, just to put it out there, we're going to be talking about Meek Mill's confrontation with academics. We're going to talk about uh, Lil Baby allegedly paying uh, 16K for sex and the legacy of Superhead and Selena Powell. Uh, uh, FK Twigs suing Shia LaBeouf for, for some, dis- you know, she's making some disturbing allegations. And some people are saying he has a history of, 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 of what, what's the contents of those al- allegations. Um, we talk about, we'll talk about the music concert industry losing $30 billion due to COVID. Um, and yeah, we, we got, we got some good topics today. There's more, but I just yeah, we got a lot to talk about. So we're definitely going to get into it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So first things first, man, the, the, one of the main things I, I wanted to hop into first is Meek Mill's confrontation with a- academics on an app called Clubhouse. Now I've been hearing about this app called Clubhouse, uh, from what I understand, it's like an audio only thing and it's invite only. Uh, but there's still so much I don't know, but it sounds interesting. Um, and the, uh, a lot of the, a lot of the big tech heads and, and shareholders are like looking at Clubhouse as like a future for social media, which is interesting, right? Because for so long, especially this last decade, everything's been text-based. And so for, for, for them to like buy into the fact that, you know, people might want to start talking again, like, like, like the old days where you would pick, actually pick up a phone and talk to people. But it's less about Clubhouse, what we're talking about today, and more about um, what happened on that app. And some of the biggest stars in the world uh, was in on this particular call, on this particular session. Um, we're talking Meek Mill. We're talking academics. We're talking 21 Savage. And we're talking uh, Tory Lanez. And there was like this one guy in there. I couldn't recognize his voice. And nobody in the comments of the video I saw uh, could could uh point out who it was but i'm going to assume that it was one of meek mill's close close friends because <laughs> it sounded like he was cheerleading a little bit and and not and kind of um uh destabilizing the conversation so with that being said um i guess i i want to fill you guys in on academics and meek mill's history uh to put it simply to put it simply, Meek Mill has never liked academics. He looks at uh, academics as a as a, a cancer to our culture and an enemy. He looks at academics' platform as a as an enemy, and uh, it's interesting because they've shared this animosity towards each other for years. Academics suggest that it it may be back in 2015 when Drake uh, soundly beat Meek Mill in their back and forth, and. Uh, you know, of course, Meek Mill didn't didn't like what academics had to say about that. But Meek Mill says it's deeper than that. Meek Mill says academics is not only a cancer to the culture, but the reason he's the, a cancer, first and foremost, is that he's gotten people killed. He doesn't like the fact that academics instigates beef. Um, maybe he looks at academics like he looks at the 
magazines and the media back in the 90s when, when uh, the media played a big role in the East Coast versus West Coast beef. Uh, so like beyond Tupac and Biggie, a lot of the media was like, oh, East Coast versus West Coast. And so their entourages got into it. And uh, there was lives lost due to that. Um, two, two goats, right? So uh, Meek Mill, I think, looks at academics as, as, as nothing good. Um, maybe even on the same tier as DJ Vlad. However, interestingly enough, I could be wrong, guys, but I don't ever remember Meek Mill going at Vlad. He's never been on Vlad TV, but I don't remember him um, um, sending shots towards Vlad. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't like him, but I, I, just, I just can't recall. And um, I'm actually curious as to why, because Vlad, Vlad has gotten – I feel like there's there's some legitimate reasons to criticize Vlad as as somebody that might be um a cancer a real cancer to the to the culture, but uh, with that being said, I'm gonna um basically read you guys uh, an article from HotNewHipHop.com, and it says um basically um academics joins Clubhouse, Meek Mill confronts him, Twenty One Savage emerges as the voice of reason after a tense ex- exchange between academics and Meek Mill on Clubhouse. Academics is without a doubt one of the most polarizing figures in hip hop. Plenty of rappers and people in general have their reasons to be wary of him, but he's also proven to be a rather trusted voice for hip hop related news. However, he's managed to sustain a prominent profile within the rap game without really having to leave his house much. Of course, his appearance on Everyday Struggle only furthered it, but his commentary and content have ruffled a few feathers to say the least. Last night, Academics made his debut on Clubhouse, which was nothing short of a shit show. Uh, on the platform, he was joined by the likes of Meek Mill, 21 Savage, and his manager, Guap Dad 4000, and Tory Lanez. Okay, so Guap Dad 4000 is the guy I was referring to, but um, who all had things to say about Act. Meek specifically had a few things to get off his chest since the last time they had their little exchange on the internet. A clip surfaced this morning where Academics accused Meek of trying to lie on him seemingly over Meek versus Drake in 2015. And so uh, a quote, a quote uh, from Meek Mill is a uh, quote, academics, if we was in a room and you was talking to me like that, like you screaming like that, that would not take place. If you stir up beef and somebody die, you are part of that. That's a conspiracy to that beef. Oh my God. Conspiracy to murder? Conspiracy to murder? Uh. Uh, Definitely sounds a little exaggerated. I, I yeah, I agree with, with with that. And um, academics has a huge platform, but at the end of the day, he's a journalist. But maybe, like when a company like maybe CNN Complex reports news, it's maybe a lot, like people look at it as like just a corporate, like a company, like there is faceless unless you look at the 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 authors, the author of the article's name. A lot of times, it's a faceless thing, so it's harder to maybe direct energy. To, towards that journalist, whereas academics, he's very much the face of his own platform, and he's the reporter, he's 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 the owner, he's everything. So it might be easier to direct heat toward uh, towards him. Um, but anyway, academics later pushed back against me, claiming that he's lying on his name. While Twenty One Savage's manager Meezy tried to maintain some sort of civility within the chat room, but still, Meek was tied up with academics' promotion of a Philly artist, suggesting that the media personality only highlights talent from the city when he's feuding with him. Feuding with, yeah, feuding with him. Needless to say, Guap Dad 4000 and Meek weren't entirely pleased with academics. And while academics was ready to list off all of his regrets, 21 Savage thankfully prevented him from doing that and provided some level-headed words of wisdom, reason, and growth. Now, I'll say this, bro. Like, surprisingly, 
21 Savage was the mediator in that. And I never knew 21 Savage um, respected academics on a level to where he would be a mediator in the situation between academics and, and one of the biggest rappers in the world. But he was. Like, he, yeah. when, when, when Meek Mill was going off on academics, Swain was like, come on, bro, let him speak. Let him speak. Um, and you could, some might say that, oh, well, 21 Savage was defending academics or he was on academic side, but that's not what I heard in that hour long clip. Uh, 21 Savage would, would, when Meek Mill made a point that a 21 agreed with, 21 would be like, all right, Ak, you, you got to admit, he's right about this. He's right about that. Um, but I was just surprised that this is um, comrade mentality in, in, in that whole thing because it was a shit show. Um, yeah, but and, and DJ Ac- Ac- Academics, he gave 21 Savage his props on Twitter too for being one of the realists, you know, in hip hop because, you know, he could he would call out your bullshit, but also, also, you know, he, he, he could just be real with you. And just even if it's positive or negative, he could, he could just be real with you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, 21 said, uh, at the end of the day, bro, all this internet shit is new to all of us. So we, we all just learning as we go. We ain't never been in those times where it's cool. So hold on. Hold on. Let, let me reread that. At the time, at the end of the day, bro, all this internet shit is new to all of us. So we are all just learning as we go. We ain't never been in these times where it's so cool to care and it's so cool to beef. Shit ain't never been like this. Whether we want to admit it or not, we all play some part in, in the way shit is not nowadays because we are all people that profit off of that. You, you got to start showing that you don't give a fuck and that you want to change too. Savage explained that at the end of the day, he could be heartless and not care about the platform that he has and the responsibility that it comes with. He said, uh, I have a heart, bro. And at the end of the day, I know you got a heart because I know you. So I know you don't go to sleep at night and just be like, fuck it. So with that being said, just display that, bro. Let's, let's, let's try to do shit better. Um, yeah, man. It's, um, I, I, I understand that take. I, 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 I agree with 21 Savage, but, uh, despite 21 Savage's rationalization, Twitter was still in tears over the fact that this entire debacle was academics. Welcome party to clubhouse. Um, yeah, I guess that, that is a hell of a debut, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think uh, I think this was still a productive conversation, even though they're kind of going at each other. But I think at the end of the end of the conversation that they had on Clubhouse, I think it, it was it was more of a positive positive outcome because I think and Twenty One Savage being there definitely helped being uh, calm things down. And I think McMill kind of you know he probably was mad at first, and after a while, after they talked it out, I think kind of understood where DJ Academics came from. And I think, you know, 21 Savage definitely helped with that situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, in terms of Tory Lanez's role, uh, he felt that Tory Lanez felt, hopped in the call and felt like Academics could have sent him to jail with how he was reporting. Um, and Academics did bring up the allegations that he leaked information. Like, like I guess the allegations was that he leaked the information to Megan Thee Stallion. Um, so... Their fallout isn't about Megan lying. It's about Megan receiving information about whether Tory was sneaking around, what Tory was sneaking around doing. Um, but at the end of the day, it was like a five-minute confrontation, and um, they had an understanding at the end of the day. And so, um, yeah, that, that's that's pretty positive. But um, one thing I'll say though is, one thing I like is that somebody like academics can coexist with some huge stars that hate his guts. Like they can't do nothing about it. And one thing that I felt like was kind of uncalled for was when Meek Mills said, bro, I got your address. Somebody gave me your address. If I wanted to, I could have you blah, 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 blah. 
that's 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 kind of weak to me, Monty. I'm not gonna lie. Like, <laughs> it's like a it's like a threat. It's like a a halfway threat. Like I yeah. got your address, and if I wanted to, I could have did that, but I didn't do that. But it's still an implication. Like I can still do that because that's still your address. I thought that was that was kind of weak. Um, yeah, that's not was, cool, man. <laughs> you know, that's like yeah. death threat. That uh, death threat level. Yep. It's like yep, you got to yep, chill yep. out with that. Hell yeah. Um, and there was there was like two schools of thought that McNeil had. One was like you're a threat, and I got to make people know like uh, that that you're not, you know, um, a credible source or or whatever, and that um, you're you're the cause behind a lot of deaths. Um, and so in that breath, it seems like Meek Mill realizes how big a platform academics has. But on the, in another breath, he said academics platform is just a little platform. It's it's he and Meek Mill said he was a big dog. It's but it's beneath him. It's just too small. But then academics turned around and said, okay, well, this small platform that I got has your label hitting me up to promote your artists. And I ain't gonna lie, man, that, that was a mic drop moment, right? <laughs> like, oh yeah, it's a mic drop moment. Like, damn, that like, kind of that kind of made me, you know, stumble a little bit. He was he was kind of looking for, you know, when when you're uh, arguing with somebody and they have something have a of a good point, and you're like, but but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, definitely man. that moment. It's a shitty situation to be in, um, but yeah, ultimately it was it was a fun, entertaining shit show to listen to, and. uh, I got to see how level-headed Twenty One Savage can be, and I'm glad it wasn't a um, I'm glad it wasn't a situation where they all jumped on them and shit like that. And so, uh, all in all, uh, uh, a good thing. I'm just glad that again, you can't blackball people like academics because just because he has an opinion that goes against the grain or or uh, an opinion that's critical of some of the biggest stars. Because back in the '90s, back in the '90s, back in the early 2000s, or even late 2000s, if you said the wrong thing, bro, it was quite easy to like blackball you you know you like suddenly your money isn't the same so suddenly people don't want to come on your platform to talk to you it's it, it it got dark but academics all academics has always said i don't need any of you guys all i need is my fans aka chat niggas because you know he's he streams on twitch and, and he calls his fan base chat niggas um and they support the hell out of him bro and, he, and he's a millionaire he's, he's a he's a freaking millionaire and according to him in 20 17 2018 he was making over a hundred thousand a month which is more than a lot of the rappers that hate like hate his guts uh, to yeah people so, people underestimate how big of a not even obviously make has a bigger fan base you know yeah. more broader appeal but yeah. dj academics like these streamers are people who talk about you know because they go live like probably so many hours of in in a week and they have hardcore fans and they'll be down to do a lot of shit that, you know, probably a lot of Meek Mill supporters would not be down to do. So he definitely has a lot of ride-or-die fans. Hell yeah. And I ain't gonna lie, Academics also often releases information. Academics, bro, got the the the, the interview of the year with King Von um, right before King Von died. So, like, there's an hour-long piece of media you can watch where um, Academics was telling King Von, like, um, I don't know, they just had a really in-depth conversation. It was a real, raw, authentic conversation. King Von was on O Block, and I really enjoyed that. And I got to learn some things about King Von that I probably wouldn't have had that interview not gone down. And, um, you know, rest in peace to King Von. He, uh, uh, academics also often exposes, he often exposes, like, the underhanded things labels and artists do to get ahead. Um, how a lot of these playlists that people listen to are, are bought. It's not like a, 
it's not a merit-based thing. It's like a, oh, it's still yeah. a financial. Yeah. So a lot of the a lot of the Spotify players like rap rap caviar, I think, or similar ones. They definitely these labels definitely got a hand with them. So if they have a like a big song that that they want to promote, they definitely you know definitely hit up the playlist to add their music on there because you're not you 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 are not gonna really see any underground or you know artists who are not under a label being promoted on these big playlists is very hard to do yeah yep it is man it is and that's why you gotta a lot of artists have to you know resort to creative marketing schemes which there's an artist you know we're gonna get into it later but i think there's an artist that uh did something that's uh pretty pretty interesting in terms of getting people's uh, eyes eyeballs on them um but with that being said we can go into the next topic uh so a big topic and i first heard about this on, on joe button's podcast shout out joe button and maul and rory and all them but um little baby allegedly paid for sex and the figure was was allegedly sixteen thousand dollars um he has since denied paying 16k but um yeah, a porn star, a porn star um, leaked this information to the public, and of course, little baby responded, and he said something like, "Bro, what's the?" Uh, I think he was like, "You're fucking the game." Like his first response wasn't like, "No, I didn't do that." It was like, "Wow, like you're fucking the game up." Like, what's the point of paying for pussy if you can't keep your mouth shut? And the reason that this caught the internet by storm, I guess, is because little baby has a girlfriend. He has he has a lady friend that um and they're one of the quote unquote goals relationships in hip hop that a lot of people love and so this caught a lot of people off guard. Uh, putting that to the side, little baby has had an awesome year, Monty. I don't I don't know if you see his uh, numbers, but he's, yeah, he's, he's been on everybody's songs. He's um, bro, he made the the Black Lives Matter song of 2020. You know the bigger picture record. I I was pleasantly surprised because when little baby first came out, he was. He was looked at it in many respects as a mumble rapper, but uh, nah, he has stuff to say. He he has lyrics. Um, you know, his voice may take some getting used to for some people. The auto tune may may take some getting used to, but in terms of uh, his rap ability, it, it really is there. He just has a a unique sound. But that being said, I wanted to go over. Um, well, I wanted to go over this specific situation about little baby pan for sex, and then have a broader conversation of of like. Of, of, of hip-hop stars paying for sex and the risk with that like like is there an issue with that is there uh is that a cool thing to do um and yeah and this is a porn star that did that, that did this a porn star came out and told the world hey little baby just paid me for sex and he has a girlfriend ha 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 uh it, this is different than than mia khalifa who put uh, uh drake on blast she said drake remember do you remember hearing this monty mia khalifa yeah, I think uh, I definitely hear about this. Yeah, I definitely yeah. heard about this before. Yeah, she, she said uh, Drake slid into her DMs and he was promptly rejected. And she could have left it there, but she felt the need to tell the world that. And um, it, it was an embarrassing affair for, for Drake, uh, uh, presumably, presumably. Yeah, Drake Drake does a lot of shit, but you don't hear about it unless the other party, you know, kind of goes out there and goes to the media or on Twitter and just exposes it. So, you know, he does a lot of shit behind the scenes, good or bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so um, I'm on a Q, Q News Hub, and it, said, uh, it says uh, Lil Baby spoke out 
Lil, Lil Baby spoke out on the rumors that he cheated on his girlfriend, Jada, by paying for sex with a porn star named Miss London. The rapper, whose real name is blah, 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 tweeted out on December 7th that there was no truth to Miss London's claims that he paid uh, 6K for sex. So for some reason, there's like, some say 16K, some say 6K, but I guess he's now denying that he paid uh, at all. A little baby who just turned 26 tweeted like, huh? What the fuck wrong with y'all? I get it. Say baby name, get clout. Y'all need to stop the desperate shit when shit is going good. Watch for the devil. Uh, the rapper was responding to Miss London's Miss London's since deleted tweets on Sunday night. The sex work, the sex worker tweeted, "I'm legit about to talk shit all night." Okay, I'm home. Six K richer and full of 1942. The best dick I ever had came from a, mo uh, a millionaire who didn't say more than two full sentence to, sentences to me. He literally beat me to the match as soon as I got in the room. Uh, however, she appeared to reveal the millionaire she was referring to. Uh, was was Lil Baby. Wait, wait. She appeared to reveal the millionaire she was referring to after naming Lil Baby's girlfriend's name. Quote, not not dropping no names, but Jada not leaving this man ever. Yeah, you, you don't drop names, but you make Damn. it so obvious. So that's Damn. like... Okay, so uh, responding to a tweet, asking if Lil Baby was good in bed, she said, it's good, I'm never going to get blah, blah, blah. So she likes it, she enjoys it. I don't want to get into the details of, of I guess how good it was but she she really enjoyed it um which is interesting because a lot of times when things like this leak it comes from dis like a disgruntled person like i'm gonna expose you but she doesn't appear to be mad i just think that she couldn't she just wanted to tell the world what happened um but it's uh i get it honestly like porn stars are presumably the best at sex right they're they're, they're it's, it's top tier sex to be had if you're you're with a porn star so there's there's fantasy so so a lot of rappers do slide in porn stars dms just to see what what, what it's like um the issue here i guess is that little baby has a girlfriend yeah um, you're pretty much cheating so that's like that's on you little baby <clears throat> yeah but i want to be clear guys hip-hop vx reports that it was allegedly 16k there's people that said 6k but the big deal is that Lil Baby paid for sex while he was with somebody. That's why this made the news. And I was trying to find the, the tweet chain of Lil Baby. Um, like, he's had like three different types of responses that, that I've seen. And I just read you guys one of them. But there was a couple of them. There was one that appeared to like, to like, um, confirm that he actually did do it. Uh, and it was more so him being mad that she told everybody. Uh, he was like, "What's the point of paying for pussy if you're gonna gonna tell the world?" Um, but I don't know. I can't. It doesn't seem like I can find that. You know, like a lot of people tweet and delete nowadays. Um, but yeah, what what do, what do you think about my what, what do you think about millionaires and superstars paying for for sex with porn stars? I always Ooh. found it weird. Like you're a millionaire, you could get anybody, but you got to pay for somebody. You know, especially like a big name, like a porn star to, you know, get some action. Plus, mm -hmm. it's like it's like a foresight. You know, you probably you probably getting enjoyment for like, you know, a couple of minutes, few minutes or 20 minutes. And after that, you feel like shit. And, you know, it's like a it's like a it's like a bad thorn on your good, good track record. Right. Because little baby has been having a good year. Right. And it's like, damn, <laughs> this is going to it's going to come back now. Now this came back to haunt him. And probably mess up his relationship too. Uh, so we don't know what's going on with that. 
but you know it's it's probably not looking good behind the scenes either so it's like damn it's uh, you got to avoid that shit you cannot be messing with these females like that <laughs> especially especially when you're in a relationship right so mm-hmm. this makes it even worse also yeah. i think uh, it's it's kind of i don't know what she the porn star is doing either like <laughs> Why, why did you have to? She's probably just trying to rile everything up either. She's trying to cause drama too. And, yeah. you know, both sides kind of doing a lot of messed up shit right now. But I think Little Baby is definitely in, in more of a fault here because I, I don't know how long this happened though because uh, we don't really know the exact circumstances either. So it's like... Yeah. Because if he, denies be, it, yeah. if he denies it, I'm not going to lie, I... I'm more likely to. I'm biased towards little baby, right? I don't like messy shit. However, um, I, again, I remember him responding in a way that kind of like suggested that he did do it, and he was just upset that he that it was. Yeah, out. I think not- uh, I think she had some receipts. If you if you look uh, below, there's like she actually tweeted like a screenshot of uh, you know the proof that he actually did do it. So <laughs> I think he did it, man. Man, he fucked up. <laughs> And you just got to move on from this this point. Say, you know, just admit like, yo, I fucked up and, you know, try to be better in the future. Because, you know, he, he has a good track record going in 2020. So you definitely don't want to go back to the devil's den and deal with all this all this nastiness. Right, right, right. So I found something from a complex that uh, illuminates, it puts a little bit more light on the situation. So, uh in a series of tw- of deleted tweets from Wednesday, Lil Baby said, and I'll never give a whole 16K to fuck, shrug emoji. I'm wrong for giving the inch for show, but bitches be taking an inch and stretch that shit for miles. Uh, Baby has been indirectly addressing the topic for a few days now, uh, intimating Miss London mentioned his name only to get attention. Quote, niggas, hold on, niggas fuck up for show, but who go harder for they girl than me? Stop playing with me. See, that's that's what I was talking about, Monty, right? So like, <laughs> the tweet of like him saying, "Yo, niggas do fuck up for sure, but who go to harder for the, their girl than me?" Like that. That's a, that's a different. That's like a different tweet than saying, "I just didn't do it." Right? Uh, like why? It's like an admission of like, "Yo, I did fuck up, but I I go hard for my girlfriend." That's that's how I read it initially. Initially, but um, um, his I'm wondering what uh, Jada's thinking. You know, his girl. I'm glad you said that. That's yeah. a perfect segue because Complex reported this. It says uh, Jada also addressed the situation in a pair of tweets, implying that she is ready to stand by her her man. So, Damn, so okay. So so Jada said, "I didn't been through enough shit to know what a nigga do outside of me has nothing to do with me. I know what the hell I got going on and what I have to offer. But sometimes people just don't know how to love you properly, and that's not okay." Um, I mean, oh, is is she like saying? Is she putting a little bit, you know, shade at little baby with the last line? But sometimes people just don't know how to love you properly, and, and that's not okay. I, I don't, I don't know, but uh, it's she. She goes on to say, um, in the second tweet, she replied to someone saying she should know her worth by shooting that narrative down. Uh, quote: I mean this in the most humblest way. I get money for real, like that shit. Material shit doesn't. I get money for real, like that shit. Material shit is nothing to me. I don't ask for material shit. I got now. I get it. Uh, just cause sometimes you really just love a motherfucker. I know it's a, I know it's rare to see that, but I was never here cause I needed to be. Um, so I guess in so many words, um, and yeah, there might be some read between the line, read between the line type type stuff in this, in these tweets, but I guess she's still stand by, uh, standing by them, which Monty, I can't be mad at that. 
there is like certain philosophies that some women have when they're dating like an athlete and a rapper. I've heard this from from women say like, uh, just don't let me find out about whatever you're doing. Like almost giving a halfway, like halfway permission, like a hall pass. So like, you know, I know you're on tour, you, you be in these different cities. Just do what you do. Just don't let me find out about it. So that means um, they're probably doing something <laughs> behind the scenes too. And they both have like a, you know, just an agreement, not like a proper agreement, but, you know, just a nod of approval. Like, you know, we're, we're not exactly, probably, you know, platonic or whatever you call it, you know, exactly, yeah, exactly well, just one-on-one. -on -one. That or like, I mean, we're talking about rich, rich, rich dudes, right? Like generally when you're rich, you have access to more, uh, more ass basically. And uh, I think some women don't want to fuck that up. Like they would rather have, I'm not saying Jada. I don't know Jada. I don't know little baby. I'm just saying like in general, I think, uh, I don't think, I don't see a lot of these women having that same philosophy with dudes that are broke. Let's just put it like that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much that guys. Um, Now, uh yeah like i said when it comes to rappers there's a big fascination with porn stars right you grow up you you've probably watched porn your whole life and now you're at a you're in a uh, you're at a level to where you can personally contact yeah. them and uh get some well, not even just porn stars or just ig influencers or just people or just models in general yeah that showcase their body online not even not even fully naked just just out there yeah, well, now we're in we're we're in the OnlyFans era too. So a lot of these women are are kind of crossing that line, to uh, as as I guess you could call them porn stars, right? If they if they set up an OnlyFans account and they're showing pornographic material, whether it's softcore or hardcore, it's still it's still porn, I guess. Um, and bro, Monty Bella Thorne, the ex Disney star, she made like a million dollars in 24 hours after signing up to OnlyFans. And then she made another million in the next like six days after that, uh, which is crazy to me. And I think that Bella Thorne story got a lot of women that prior to never saw themselves making an OnlyFans account. Yeah. Like, they, they were convinced because it is really easy money, especially in times of COVID. But um, also, also I did see like actual... Not, probably not porn stars, just, you know, these, these models, only fan models, or just, you know, some other website models. They're actually mad at her, Bella Thorne, because, you know, she's she's already like a star, you know, a Hollywood star. She probably makes good money doing <laughs> doing her other shit. And they're like, yo, you're messing with our money, you know, uh, just stay, stay in your lane, you know, let us do our shit. I get that, yeah. <laughs> but, bro, I don't, those particular women that are mad at Bella Thorne, like they should realize like there's almost an unlimited amount of simps out there <laughs> like the, the 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 number of simps in this world monty is it's you can't even count them so i i really don't think bella thorne is like fucking up their pockets i like i i, I get it like she is a, already rich but shit bro she made a million dollars in 24 hours i don't think i don't know if she's ever gotten a bigger bag that fast so um yeah yeah it's it's a it's an interesting thing and there there's a lot of instagram influencers that are um that are uh transitioning to only fans leveraging their fan base uh matter of fact uh a girl named megan told me uh yesterday that there was this um overweight lady that made like five thousand dollars in a week after signing up to only fans and so stories like that really make women wonder like yo and then some women 
like some women only post feet pictures. Oh yeah. <laughs> like a ton of money just off posts in their feet. Is that pornographic material, Monty? Like, I don't know. But I, I do think, know I think on YouTube they have a series of uh these YouTubers uh like judging these OnlyFans, uh like if it's worth to pay for it. <laughs> and it's pretty funny. I think uh Adam from Adam22 does this. Like he has a he's he's making big money from these YouTube videos just uh, just uh, you know, telling people if you should buy, buy each, uh, these girls only fans or not, like the quality of their content. He pretty much rates them like out of ten, so that's pretty funny. Yeah, you know, some people review games, some people review movies, some people some people review music, and I guess you got to review the only fans. You know, you're doing the you're doing the men a solid. You're doing the simps a favor. Um, yeah, that's a good way to sum it up. But you yeah. know what's funny though? Uh, you know how. A lot of Christians are just, you know, conservatives. They they probably hate that shit, right? <laughs> the OnlyFans craze. Yeah. Like, you know, this this is bound to happen. Like, this is the evolution of a overly capitalistic society. So, you know, probably a lot of conservatives love love the capitalistic society that we live in, right? Mm-hmm. They hate the they hate care, what do you call it? Socialism. And hey, this is what you get. This is this this is what you pay for. This is the this is the society that you that you you know pretty much pretty much uh promote it with capital capitalism because this is like the next step and i don't know man uh only for this like this is probably just the beginning so we don't even know what the next level of uh only fans is what the next thing is gonna be that that kind of overly exposes how how bad we have it like how bad the cap capitalism society that we live in is you know yeah um that it's interesting you say that because I think the next level is these anime waifus that are getting paid. Um, oh man, yeah, the VTubers and yeah, yeah, yeah. We we'll talk about we we should uh, talk about that on on a upcoming episode because I think it will blow people's mind. Like, bro, there was this one anime waifu. Uh, by the way, anime waifus guys are like uh, basically for people that aren't into anime, cartoon three D women that are that are uh, streaming. So just imagine a, 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 I don't know, a big-breasted anime girl streaming on Twitch. They use like this special technology, but bro, their numbers are astronomical. Like, like eighty thousand viewers on a woman uh, on, on one of those anime waifus that are that were only like Twitch streaming for like two weeks. Eighty thousand viewers. But with that being said, Monty, um, you made a good point, dog. If if you make a political career as a conservative, telling people to they got to hold themselves up by their bootstraps. You can't be mad at how they get their money, especially if they're law-abiding citizens because yeah. you know, uh, uh, porn, porn isn't illegal. So, um, yeah, I, I find that funny, too. A lot of conservatives hate rappers. They hate uh, um, porn, porn stars. They hate OnlyFans women. Uh, but it's a product of what they've been preaching, which is uh, you got to help yourself. Otherwise, you're a lazy uh, ingrate. But... Um, Funnily enough, we will we do have a, a story to talk about later on that involves uh, controversy with the woman with the woman getting into OnlyFans. But uh, that's a little bit later on in the episode. But I think the next topic we should jump into, which actually kind of like breaks my heart a little bit, is the controversy uh, surrounding Shia, Shia LaBeouf. Now, what does it break your heart? Though I didn't know you're a big Shia LaBeouf fan. <sighs> Okay, bro. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let me let me clarify, guys. I'm not this super huge Shia LaBeouf fan, 
but I respect Shia LaBeouf as an eccentric creative creative force. Yeah, right? I know what you mean. Yeah. He like, definitely he definitely has a lot of a lot of good movies that he's acted in or even even produced and directed. So I definitely get what you mean because he has a lot of, you know, not not Transformers because that's what kind of made him popular from a young yeah. age. But recently he put out a lot of indie films, you know, a lot of smaller, smaller budget yeah. films that are that are really good, man. And yeah, you could. Yeah, I could yeah. definitely see your disappointment. Mm-hmm. But not only that, Monty, I, I grew up on them, bro. Like even Stevens was a show on Disney. Oh, damn. Was- yeah. <laughs> I forgot that he, you know, he. He's been he's been in the industry for a long time. Also, he was uh, he was an actor in Holes. Also, like oh, Holes. That's, that's a popular a popular film. The classic, you know, uh, it's a classic Disney film. It is one of the better better ones. And so, um, when I when I read this headline, which I'm about to read to you guys, um, on New York Times, FKA Twigs sue Shia LaBeouf, citing relentless abusive relationship. Now, before I get into this, Monty. I know FKA Twigs used to date, um, was it Robert Pattinson, the dude that played in Twilight? Oh, yeah, yeah. He made a, <laughs> that's a big you. that's a big downgrade, man, <laughs> from Robert <laughs> Pattinson to Shia LaBeouf. Damn, Monty, why I got to be like that, bro? Well, look, look, I, I got I to gotta, I gotta grill you right quick, Monty. Why is go- going from Robert Pattinson to Shia LaBeouf a downgrade? Hey, man, <laughs> if you look at the Robert Pattinson, man, you could just tell, bro, he got shit going on. He's he's the next Batman. He, he's mm. been in Tenet. He's been in so many recent popular films. He got he got he has a good future going on. And then you have Shia LaBeouf, you know, he's, he's pretty much doing all the shit that you don't want in a relationship. All the all the abuse, all the fucking harassment and, you know, just downright despicable acts. That's like, yeah. you know, it's like it's like going from got to <laughs> from jesus to the devil you know damn yeah um so fka twins guys if you don't know is a is a uh, a beautiful singer and i mean that as in like she's she's pretty and she has a beautiful voice and uh speaking of robert patterson uh robert patterson he um she made a song detailing her her heartbreak uh i forgot what it was called but i remember hearing it like eight months ago and uh it was it came with a video too and she was like doing this artsy pole dancing not stripping but like an artsy pole dancing type of thing and it was a wonderful song dog i'm like yo i've been sleeping on fka twigs she has a great voice man not just great voice but she does it creatively like you could tell like she puts a lot of a lot of effort into making it very innovative and unique because it's hard for me to think of other artists that are similar to fka twigs because she has her own style and I've been a big fan for for a long time, probably since like two, 2014 or whatever. Since she she's been, you know, since since she started in the scene, and you know, she's a she's a big talented artist. Hell yeah! Uh, one thing I do remember though that disgusted me is when she was dating Robert. There was a lot of Twilight fans that like hated her for just how she looked. There was a lot of racism with it. Oh uh, yeah, 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 and and like people looked down on 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 rappers for dating a, a, a mongrel like that those are some of the tweets i saw bro like that shit was disgusting so um uh yeah man shout out to fka twigs man i'm sorry she had to go through that but now this though like like uh all right so i'm, I'm gonna read some of this so the lawsuit filed in law uh the lawsuit filed in los angeles by the musician accuses the actor of sexual battery assault and infliction of emotional distress 
Just after Valentine's Day in 2019, the musician FKA Twigs was in a car speeding toward Los Angeles. At the wheel was her boyfriend, the actor Shia LaBeouf. He was driving recklessly, she said in a lawsuit filed on Friday, removing his seatbelt and threatening to crash unless she professed her love for him. They were returning from the desert where Mr. LaBeouf, the star of Transformers, had raged at her throughout the trip. FKA said in the lawsuit, once waking her up in the middle of the night, choking her, after she begged to be let out of the car, she said he pulled over at a gas station and she took her bags from the trunk, but Mr. LaBeouf followed and assaulted her, throwing her against the car while screaming in her face, according to the suit. He then forced her back in the car. The gas station incident is at the heart of the lawsuit that says Mr. LaBeouf, who's 34, abused FKA Twigs physically, emotionally, and mentally many times in a relationship that lasted just short of a year. Her aim in coming forward, she said in the interview, was to explain how even a critically acclaimed artist with money, a home, and a strong network of supporters could be caught in such a cycle. She said, I'd like to be able to raise awareness on the tactics that abusers use to control you and take away your agency. Mr. LaBeouf responded Thursday to the concerns raised by Ms. Barnett and a second former girlfriend who has accused him of abusive behavior in an email that broadly addressed his conduct. Quote, I'm not in any position to tell anyone how my behavior made, made them feel. I have no excuse for my alcoholism or aggression, only rationalizations. I have been abusive to myself and everyone around me for years. I have a history of hurting the people closest to me. I'm ashamed of that history and I'm sorry to those I hurt. There is nothing else I can really say. Bro, what? So that doesn't sound like he's denying. What, oh, he's not. <laughs> he's, uh, this oh. is not hard to deny. I mean, oh, it's a rap then, Monty. I, I was about to, you know, the when cases like this happen, what, what, where do, what, 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 what do people say all the time? We gotta wait for the facts, right? We gotta wait, wait for the facts. We don't know anything could have happened, right? Yeah, but, they usually deny it, even the party that that are accused, you know. Yeah, but he's saying that he's been abusive and suffered from alcohol alcoholism he, he has problems man he definitely has problems but it doesn't excuse what he did he gotta he gotta pay for what he did and you know you hurt you hurt somebody and you gotta pay for it oh yeah yeah um so uh, a woman named carolyn a stylist who was another of mr labeouf's former girlfriends described similar tumultuous tumultuous experiences to the times some of which are also outlined in the lawsuit once the suit says he drunkenly pinned her to a bed and headbutted her enough that she bled. Afterwards, she began to grapple with the idea that he was abusing her. Quote, so much goes into breaking down a man or woman to make them okay with a certain kind of treatment. Presented with a detailed account of the claims that the women made against him in interviews and subsequently in the lawsuit, Mr. LaBeouf responded in a separate email wrote that, quote, many of these allegations are not true, but he continued he owed the woman Hold on. But he continued, he owed the women, quote, the opportunity to air their statements publicly and accept accountability for those things he's done. So he is denying some of it, at least with the former girlfriend, uh, Carolyn. Uh, yeah. He added that he was a sober member of a 12-step program and in therapy. He says he's not cured of his PTSD and alcoholism, but is committed to doing what he needs to do to recover and will forever be sorry to the people that he may have harmed along the way. His PTSD, uh, what is he talking about? He, he gave all these women PTSD, you know? <laughs> hey, Vati, you know what they say, uh, hurt people hurt people. But mm -hmm. yeah, I, I see what you're saying though, right? Vati, like, it ain't like he, uh, 
came back from war because you know sometimes veterans that come back from war have like flashbacks and end up hurting their women yeah. kids and stuff like that um i i never knew he had ptsd i don't know if that's him you know rationalizing it or whatever but uh he definitely needs help though you know because yeah he definitely needs help but facts. i, I gotta pay for like, this shit you know yeah i always knew he was um you know he was a, he was eccentric, but a lot of great creators are eccentric. But this doesn't. You know some fans will have like some people will will look at the genius of somebody and excuse their bad behavior. You know, like it, it happens with Kanye. It happens with uh, it happens with, with quite a bit uh, of situations like this. XXX. Hero worship, man. The 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 bane of society. Facts, facts. Um. Yeah, man, this 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 just sucks, dude. Yeah, this just sucks. Um, also, you you even covered that he knowingly gave her an STD. He knowingly gave her an STD. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And this 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 is probably just you know the the few things that he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he send it to the gulag, man. Send it to the gulag. Yeah. Hey, Monty, I'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of times when these things surface, we we don't. There are things that we don't hear about that goes on that's potentially worse. So yeah. we're hearing some of these accounts, but the way he makes it seem is that he's been doing like hurting people and himself for years. So we don't even know to the the extent of what you know what he's what he's gone through. But here's my question though. Um, um. Oh, it's a by the way, it's a rap for me with Shia LaBeouf. Like that's that's fucked up, bro. Like I, I don't I, I don't have any patience for that. I don't have any like. I, excuses for that despite the fact that i grew up on him and he's a great actor and uh i liked his episode on hot ones it was one of my favorites but this is this is too much for me dude there's like a a, a line you know how some people say yeah you separate, yeah you can separate the art from the artist or, or whatever uh yeah. sometimes i have trouble doing that i don't know if i can't watch his movies anymore but i sure as hell don't like listening to r kelly anymore right uh yeah but i don't know bro like do, let me ask you this. Is there a redemption story in Shia LaBeouf's future, possibly? A redemption story is him spending time in the gulag or, you know, jail and then coming back or, you know, it's going to be a long road. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Um, yeah, man. Monty, I didn't like this topic, bro. Fuck. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely not fun to talk about. Yeah, man. Um, I hope... I hope you know, FK, you know, prayers to, prayers to Twig, man. Um, Hopefully she could, you know, take that energy and frustration and put it into music and good use for the future. Facts. Um, okay, well, going on to a, a, a much, much lighter topic. Um, the music concert industry reportedly lost $30 billion in 2020 because of COVID-19. Uh, before I go any further, Monty, does that surprise you or not? No, I would think it would lose even more because not just music industry, a lot of other industries, you know, just the small business probably probably have been crippled. So many small businesses and even the movie industry, they've been a lot of a lot of things have been hit very hard during COVID. Yeah, like we hear about the the companies that boom during COVID. Like right now we're recording this on Zoom. Zoom benefited from COVID. Uh, yeah. OnlyFans benefited from COVID, but there's far more examples of companies being crippled. I mean, we even have like mainstay, like uh, big businesses that closed their doors um, because of COVID. Uh, matter of fact, there was an article I read less than a week ago uh, in Kansas. There was a, 
a restaurant. By the way, guys, I live in Kansas City, Missouri. So, uh, but there's this like local. Hey, restaurant. don't don't get don't tell them where you live, man. You don't know. Hey, People gonna find it out somehow. Your address. Kansas City is a big place, man. I'm not worried about it. But um, hey, don't 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 underestimate people in the internet, man. They'll find somehow find it find it out. Yeah, I I believe it. I believe it. Um, but what I was saying is that there was a restaurant that that started in the 19 what 50s, and it was it was a booming you know kind of like an old school restaurant that just closed its doors. I think like a like within the last month. And the community was was heard about it because this is like a mainstay. That's just one of those things that that people feel is always going to be there. But they had to close their doors, man, because COVID fucked fucked their their business up. It's very sad, man. And I put it on. I put a lot of the blame on not just fucking COVID, but a lot of these, a lot of these, you know, these government agencies are just, you know, this, the local government, the mayors, or you know, the people who run the city, because you know they're shutting everything down, but they're not p- putting putting money into people that, you know, they're not thinking about what the ramifications are going to be for a lot of these people losing their business or their, their jobs. And, you know, all these money are going to fucking big corporations and, and these small businesses are getting nothing. Yeah. I I guess this, this, this topic doesn't surprise me. Obviously the music concert industry like makes billions of dollars. Um, It's one of the biggest things that people miss about uh, pre COVID. Uh, It's just going, going, going to, see your favorite uh, artists perform. Yeah. And I well, think- not even just artists. I'm thinking of all the people who have side gigs or, you know, people who actually perform live as a job who are not actual, you know, artists, big artists or musicians who can make money from streaming, you know, because like DJs or people who play guitars or, you know, just any instrument live, you know, those are the people that really, that really heard from this, you know? Yeah. And I, I think, this is a big reason a lot, a lot of rappers, even though they, you know, get paid a lot, they're not all that financially literate. A lot of artists and, and those people that you mentioned, but I'm, I, I'm just more, um, rappers are more so in my wheelhouse of, uh, when it comes to knowledge about, um, um, you know, shows and their, their, their spending habits. And a lot of them are financially illiterate. And yeah. so they, yeah, I'm if glad that you mentioned that because, you know, because if they're signed to a label also, they're losing a lot of money when it comes to streaming because they're not getting most of it from the labels. And they make a lot of money through live touring and, you know, performing live and they're definitely missing out too. Yeah, because if you're a hot artist and you're making like 40K a night, 50K a night, even like 5,000 a night, like it just feels like something that's always going to be there. And it isn't right, and uh, COVID yeah. shows how uh, vulnerable these artists can um, can get without their their main source of income, and that's why I think we have a rise in rappers uh, uh, selling out their reputation to scam scam fans and and, and prey on uh, rappers' dreams by like, oh, pay me five hundred dollars and you'll be on a mixtape with me. You know, we discussed that. I think yeah. a big reason for some of them doing that is because they don't they don't have any other. Um, they feel like they don't have any other option. I'm not going to say that they don't. You just got to get creative with, with like you, if you have fans, you, you're famous or whatever, uh, you got to, you got to be creative and, and um, I don't know, sell some fucking merch, make a podcast. There's other ways to make money. You don't have to rely on, on scamming people and preying on, on artists dreams. And uh, one thing it's taught me, Monty, is that when times get rough, man, some of the, some of the most respected artists will, will sell out their reputation for, for a quick dollar. 
because um, they don't want to, you know, they don't want to work a nine to five, of course. Yeah. Right? Uh, and so, yeah. yeah, you know what they say, you're tested most when you're in a vulnerable situation. So that's definitely, yeah. that's definitely facts. Yeah. Uh, Sue Surf, one of, uh, one of the most popular battle rappers that, that uh, that's crossed over into the music industry. Uh, he's a crip from New Jersey and all that. And uh, he has a iconic freestyle on a channel, uh, on a radio station called I-95. And one of his most, one of the bars that resonates the most with me is uh, it's not, it's not about when he's come. It's not about when they comfortable. It's about what they adapt to. Like, what can they adapt to? Right. Uh, yeah. And I think that shows, that shows who, when somebody's going through something, that's, that's, that's the time where like the curtains are, are, are uh, removed and you can see what the, like what their character is, what they're made of or whatever. And uh, a lot of these people turn out not to be, uh, they're not shit, <laughs> you know, uh, when, 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 when times are rough, people, people become hyenas. And so, yeah, man, that's, that's, that's overall society. Cause you know, yeah, anything, it's not it's yeah not people are, people are going to be very aggr- aggressive and just, not think straight when when things are going on around them that they can't control. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, yeah. speaking of you know people kind of taking advantage of or finding creative ways to stand out, uh, what's going on with uh, Mario Judah, man? Mario Judah, man. Um, Monty, <laughs> like Mario Judah. I just recently saw him today, um, and you t- you told me a bit about him yesterday, and uh, he's a uh, I-, I don't know what to make of it, right? I I've heard one <laughs> record from him. I've heard one record from him called uh, Big Yeah. I, I guess I just Big that yeah. one. You you haven't heard any of his uh, the ones that made him blow up? Like nah. I think it was called Die Very Rough. For real? Okay. You so. definitely heard it. I think you definitely heard it because that it was like almost a meme song. You know, people made uh, pretty pretty much turned it into a meme, and it's like a song that uh, you know has that hip hop style, but you know it's very aggressive. And it, he's also singing in it, like you know, Juice World inspired, also mm-hmm. Rod Wave inspired, and he, you could tell he he can sing, he can rap. He's a very talented individual, but. He's definitely trying to stand out and, you know, be very unique with, uh, if you look at him, right, you would not think he's like a typical rapper because he, he definitely has that emo aesthetic. And also he, he's not, he's not, he's definitely a little chubby too. And he's definitely trying to stand out within, within the people that look alike so much in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at a picture of him right now. He's wearing like a spike emo necklace. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he has, uh, his hair is dyed. You know, um, but so I'm looking at an article and it says uh, <laughs> Mario Judah issued an ultimatum to Playboy Cardi over the release of Cardi's whole lot of red album. And when the Mal- when the Magnolia rapper failed to deliver, Judah decided to release his his own whole lot of red. So wait, Monty, he he so he basically did what Young Thug did back in the day with Barter Six. Yeah, it's very similar, but yeah, it, it definitely comes from a respect standpoint too. I guess he's a fan of Playboy okay. Cardi, and he's trying to give. You know, he's also trying to leverage his own name, also trying to do this stunt. And hey, man, I think it worked out very favorably for him because you know, because Playboy Cardi didn't release the album on the date that that you know Mario Judah said he would release it if if Playboy Cardi didn't drop, and 
he released like a three, I think five songs, very short, simple. You know, these are very like just simple songs. And and he put it out on YouTube and everywhere on streaming also. And also, I think the first one was Bit, uh, Bit Yeah. And it was like a YouTube video too, like a music video. That was like the main, that was like the main like preview to see, yo, I'm going to drop this whole thing if you don't, <laughs> to play with Cardi, if you don't drop uh, your album. And, and after that, it, it has been received very well and people are actually fucking with it. And, you know, even if it's jokingly done, people are seeing how talented he is and he's actually imitating or impersonating Playboy Cardi style, like almost to a T and say, if you, if you played this to a Playboy Cardi fan and they didn't know that it was Mario Judah, they would think it was a, like a Playboy Cardi song. So that's pretty, that's pretty impressive how he's like replicating it. And also I got to give him props too. He's actually a, He's actually a producer. He produces all his own music too, like all the beats Damn. and everything. Damn. So I think he's more of a talented producer too. I think he's trying to showcase how versatile he is from an artist standpoint, also from a production standpoint. So, you know, if uh, if if it's like, you know, this character that he's trying to portray to the mainstream scene, the Mario Judah character doesn't work out, he still has a job as a producer or just other other type of other type of role. So he's definitely a versatile artist and you know this this not this not how he sounds like so that's that's why it's so impressive because he does not sound like this at all if you listen to his other music he sounds way different and he, he sings like you know rod wave right you have you have heard rod wave before yep so he definitely has that same type of style and he definitely hits the notes perfectly too but with a more aggressive take to it you know and mm. he, he's a talented individual man okay I heard B, yeah, and I'm not gonna lie, bro, that shit slaps. <laughs> like, yeah, man. Even you know, it might not be the most lyrical song, obviously, but hey, man, it has it. It is a vibe. It's a party party song for sure. You know, it it definitely right. definitely you know the bass is heavy. You know, it definitely it's gonna it's gonna play real heavy in the car. Okay, my question to you is, where can he go from here, right? So since he's made a statement by like, like. Young Thug did this, only there was way more animosity and, and disrespect associated with that, with Young Thug naming his uh, album Barter Six, uh, which, by the way, Wayne and Young Thug are now cool. But I'm just saying, back then, I was pissed at Young Thug. Like, what the fuck? Who, who the hell does this dude think he is? Yeah, take- I remember he's oh. getting a lot of backlash, too. But, you know, he turned it around, showcased, like, you know, he, he's here to stay and not just be a like a one-time joke. Young Thug legitimately is talented as hell, bro. Um, and with a name like Young Thug, man, he's he's pretty mainstream. He be on all these pop hits, Post Malone, uh, Camilla, Camilla, whatever her name is. Uh, yeah. So I guess I was going to ask you. Obviously, he has talent or whatever, but is there an argument to be made that he could be um, typecasting himself, like boxing himself in, and people might expect more of this? Like as a joke, you mean? Yeah, like, like, does what? What if he wants to branch out? Do you think I think he, he definitely out? will, cause you know he's just he's not he's not like uh, Blueface, say you know, he's not like he's not one note, and he's he's you know he's definitely trying to he's definitely this, this is the character that he's trying to portray, cause if you see his interviews, like actual you know probably through one of the complex interviews or whatever. And, he, you know, he's playing a character. He's, he's trying to be aggressive for just as a character. But if you actually see some of the behind the scenes, he's very chill, dude. He talks normally and he he's very smart, too. He knows how to play the game, how to get, get ahead in the industry. 
and he's very smart. And I think, I think, you know, when, when this, you know, joke runs out or whatever, he's gonna, he's gonna change his style and branch out and be more serious too. You know, he could definitely, I think he's here for the long run, man. Yeah, bro. Off that one song, I can tell, like, it, it wasn't, it wasn't just like a, one of those parodies. Like there's legitimate talent here, guys. So like, if you guys want to hear uh, who we're talking about, his name is Mario Judah and the record I, I, I co-sign, even though I'm not going to lie, I don't really play Playboy Cardi that much. I don't, you know, it's, it's not generally my cup of tea, but that beat, the vibe, the pockets he fills in. Cause I'm, I'm an artist, Montana. I, I recognize pockets, like artistic pockets that, uh, that 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 um a lot of artists may not recognize, and he was in those pockets that a lot of artists. I don't know, man. It's hard to explain. That's like actually, I could recommend you a song that that'll showcase how talented he is. He actually mm. did a cover for the baby's uh, rock star song, and it's on YouTube. You could just type in Mario Judah rock star, and okay. you'll see how how talented his singing is, his flow, his uh, rapping skills are, and he he's very talented, man. You could definitely it- check it out later on. Now let me ask you this: Did he give it the Wayne treatment? <clears throat> the Wayne treatment? What do you mean by that? Wayne had the uh, okay. So back b- between the year twenty two thousand six or two thousand seven to like two thousand nine, Wayne was unstoppable, and it was known that when Wayne hopped on your song, it was his song now. Like he made a legitimately better version. Oh, um, I know so what I'm you mean. Did, yeah, yeah. Mario so Judah's I saw a lot version. of comments for this song, the Mario Judah Rockstar cover, and. People in the comments were legitimately saying, yo, this this is the official song now. <laughs> and people were saying, yo, this is way better than the original. I can't even listen to the original one anymore after this song. <laughs> and you know what's fucked up? Like it's in some of these cases, uh people will make memes like they'll they'll uh treat the remix like the original and then go to the original song and then the comments say, Oh, this is a good remix. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if okay. you're like the original artist here, yeah, because that's interesting that you mentioned because the baby got mad at uh, Mario Judah for for actually releasing a cover of this version. He said, I did wait, not wait, give wait, you wait, permission. Wait. What? Yeah, if you look it up, just look it up right now. I'm about to look this right shit now. up right now. Like, he got mad? Wait, the baby Mario Judah. Um, the baby clowns Mario Judah over questionable rock star performance. Um, we never yeah, thought he definitely was not happy with it. <laughs> yeah, the rapper struck gold once again with Rockstar hitting number one with it and earning himself one of the most popular songs of the year again. Blah 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 blah. Okay, so the rising rapper from Atlanta, Mario Judah, was one of the artists performing at live stream this weekend, and he has been going viral because of his rendition of Rockstar, which even caught the attention of the baby, not in a good way though. Uh, the baby says, Man, who is this nigga at Rolling Loud performing my song, dog? Um. Okay, I mean, it's not a scathing, it's not a scathing remark, but it also isn't really a cosign. Um, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Hot new hip hop. <laughs> I don't know. Like I read this article, I, it's almost like the tone of this article is almost like hot new hip hop doesn't like it. They're calling it a questionable performance, and uh, even the baby is clowning them. Like certain words they're using, but um. So yeah. you you enjoyed the remix because I, I like the original. I, I love the lie. remix, man. Uh, wait till you hear it. I'll, I'll definitely I'll definitely get your reaction for this once you hear it. Got you. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, guys, Mario Judah. Uh, I'm 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 excited to see where he uh where he goes. I will say, man, I'm I'm, I'm really enjoying the the artists that are coming up and their like their versatility, right? Yeah. Like uh, 
one one person that comes to mind is uh Don Tolliver, right? Yeah, Don Tolliver. Oh yeah, I'm a big fan. He's probably my favorite like the artist for a hook. If you, uh, he he always makes fire hooks, man. Yeah. Cody got me tripping. All that like yes. Yeah, I I bro. Don Tolliver is exactly the artist I would I, I would see Travis Scott working with. Like it makes total yeah. sense. Like their vibe the yeah, man. Shout out to Travis Scott. He he has a hell of a hell of a ear. But um, yeah, man. Uh, I'll I'll I guess we'll keep you guys updated on uh Mario Judah's uh yeah. Come we'll up. keep uh, Mario Judah on our radar, man. He's he's definitely has. I think he's a future because you know, I'm uh, I'm pretty good with calling what like who has a future or just who might who might be here for the long run. You know, I think Mario Judah is definitely one of them. I can definitely. I could be wrong. That. You know, I could be wrong, but we'll see. Yeah, we're all capable of being wrong, but I can't co-sign guys that when when Monty like. Bro, he put me on the Juice World before like the world was on Juice World. Like a year before people were talking about Juice World, he was like, "Yo, just do Juice World." And it took me a while to actually listen to Juice World, but uh, we know, you know, what Juice World became. Rest in peace to him. Uh, and there was a couple of other artists Monty put me onto like before they they really. Tiara Wack is another name, right? Who? Tiara Wack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tiara, bro, Tiara, she's hella underrated, but nah, dog, she's, oh my God, she, she's dope, she's dope, and I, I hope she gets the, um, the limelight that, uh, the Cardi B's and the Nicki Minaj's get, um, but even if she, yeah, I don't think she, she will reach that status, I think she's, she's gonna be a more of a lower rated artist, who's, who's still gonna be in the, you know, slight mainstream parts of the music industry, but not overall, like a big, mm-hmm. huge artist. She's she's definitely gonna be in there. Got you, got you, got you. Okay, Monty, I I I might argue with you, bro. Like I, she has the potential to be mainstream as hell. You you, you want to know why I say that? Is because you know how Kendrick Kendrick Lamar makes music. If you listen to like overly dedicated from back in the day, uh, that's music that you would say like, oh yeah, Kendrick is dope, but he will never be in in the mainstream because it's too lyrical or it's too yeah. it's too deep, right? And look what Kendrick Lamar became. And then we got J. Cole. Now, uh, J. Cole might might have been a little bit more predictable in terms of seeing him uh, at the top. But, like, Kendrick Lamar makes music that's, like, like ostensibly clear that usually belongs in the, the under, underground slight mainstream. And and you remember uh, Missy Elliott, Monty? Oh, yeah. She's a, she's a classic. Yeah. Creative legend and all of that. Let me ask you this. Tierra Whack, if that that fifteen minute video where she like did a uh, a compilation of all these one minute show, songs that everybody wished was longer, uh, she she had vocals. She you know she was singing. She was rapping in these pockets. Like she's a she's a creative force, and I wouldn't be surprised if she did something like hella creative, hella unorthodox that catches the world by storm. Maybe TikTok picks up on it. Uh, I know we're deviating for some of the topics, but I just want to let you guys know Tierra Whack is a great artist. Her videos yeah. are, on, are 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 on point, and I think that there's a there's a void in the like there's a spot for her in the game that's in the mainstream because we've never seen an artist like that. Yeah, the 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 story goes is to be number one as a female artist, you gotta put out a song called "Wap Wet Ass Pussy," right? Or you gotta be like Nicki Minaj and 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 uh, show your whole ass and all that or whatever. But um, I yeah, I know. hope she's the first one to do it. Just overall on her just. Hundred percent on her on her talent merit, you know. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Well, um, I hope I hope it happens. But you know, you also need like a label behind you. Like, they 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 gotta know what might be pot that, that that might help you reach to the next level. That's gonna break you out, like Kendrick or J Cole, because you know it's not easy to do. That's facts. That's facts. 
yeah, I know, I know, you know, real. There's nothing wrong with being like realistic and stuff like that. But I, I think, I think the sky's the limit for her, guys. So if y'all ain't heard T.R. Wack, go check her out, man. Because y'all don't know what y'all missing. But uh, especially the 15 minute album. That's that's one of the most genius thing that I, that I've seen. Like just the overall music video, the the songs, all the beats, everything yeah. is just so addicting. It's just so. Like yep. you, know, you, you just want to hear, you, you just want to hear more from her after that. Yep, yep, and that came out the year of uh, the female artist. I call 2019 the year of the female artist, guys. And if y'all want to do y'all research, y'all, y'all, y'all will find that women dominate dominated 2019. But uh, segueing into some more like fucked up dark stuff. Um, Monty, you want to, you want to, you know, you want to take the reins on uh, introducing the next topic? Yeah, man. The next topic is it's pretty sad that. This stuff happens so often. So from Detroit Free Press, they put out put out an article that a Michigan man was was jailed for nearly four decades. So that's like 40 fucking years, man. And just recently was exonerated after a witness admits to lying. Like after 40 years, man, that's when the fucking witness came out to say, yo, <laughs> I was fucking lying. And that's when they released him from jail. And Man, just from the headline, man, you got to be angry at this, right? Yeah, man, these stories really piss me off, and uh, it's just a, it's an extension of what uh, I seen on Netflix earlier this year. I think it's called a documentary series called The Innocent Project, where it uh, goes over cases like these people that were um, falsely convicted, and um, yeah, man, this it's not right, Monty. Like this is not right, and um, he's sixty three years old, dude been in prison for 40 years so wouldn't that make him 23 when he got in when he went like imagine me right now you know at my age 23 and uh, somebody something happening and i'm i'm away from my rest of rest of my life to in fucking jail to rot in prison for like four decades like no amount of money that's gonna that's gonna you know return all these years that you spend in jail man like no amount of money yeah man it's it's crazy and sometimes I've even seen stories where like uh, a person doesn't even get compensation, which is crazy um, because there's cases where like the, the DA office doesn't formally agree with the art with the with the um, the person being in, uh, innocent. So sometimes yeah. the DA, DA won't even clear a person's name and that, that can stop them from getting any compensation. But uh, I'm about to read, read you guys some of the details of, of this case because it's, it's truly it's truly sad. He's a black man, by the way. Um, Walter Forbes is his name, and he was a full-time student at Jackson Community College in 1982. Man, that's just sad, just from the first sentence. Like, you're a student, and you have a future waiting for you, and you're thinking, like, man, I'm going to be, I'm going to be do this, and he he had, you know, from the article, he had, he had, like, he wanted to get into real estate, and, you know, he would have been, you had a good life, man, and he he was heading towards a good path, and that's just sad, but, yeah, keep going, man. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Um, he had dreams of owning a real estate development firm after graduating. One night that year, Forbes broke up a bar fight. He didn't know that it would change his life forever. A man involved in the bar fight shot Forbes the next day, according to court documents. The damage the gunshot did to Forbes' body may have taken a few months to heal, but what happened next led to him spending nearly four decades in prison, inflicting deep, lifelong wounds on him and his family. The man who shot Forbes, Dennis Hall, died in his apartment on Maple Street in Jackson in a fire that appeared to be deliberately set on July 12, 1982. 
Because Hall and Forbes were recently involved in the altercation, police considered Forbes a suspect in the arson. Police arrested him at his home. Forbes was convicted of arson and murder in, in May 1983 and was sentenced to life in prison. Forbes, 63, became a free man on November 20th, more than 37 years following his, following his conviction. After the prosecution star witness admitted to fabric fabricating her story and evidence surfaced that the fire may have been a part of an insurance fraud scheme orchestrated by the Maple Street building owner, leading to a retrial, according to documents filed in Jackson County Circuit Court. Um, <clears throat> quote, it felt like all the possibilities that I was working on all those years were coming to fruition. Forbes said about when truth was coming to light. I didn't think it would take that long, but patience paid off. Uh, witness comes forward. Key evidence used to implicate Forbes was witness testimony from a woman, uh, Anise Kennebrew, who said she saw three men, including Forbes, burn down the century-old two-story house-turned-apartment on Maple Street. Her testimony, campaign, uh, her testimony contained discrepancies, leading one of the three men to have charges against him dismissed after he passed the polygraph test and the other to be acquitted. Um, according to court documents, Forbes was the only one convicted, likely because of the tension between him and the victim, his attorney said. Forbes and his attorney said that the burden of proof was placed on Forbes, that the jury saw him as, a guilt, as guilty until he could prove himself innocent. Uh, merely being arrested and charged suggests to the jury that something happened, even though they should be scrutinizing the evidence and presuming innocence. No jury wants to believe that a prosecutor went through the trouble of bringing someone to trial if they're truly innocent. And then um, in 2017, uh, Kennebrew uh, admitted that she had lied, that she never saw Forbes at the scene of the fire, according to court documents. After man, send her ass to the gulag, man. She should be in jail right now. Yeah, bro. When... <laughs> I'm not mad at that, bro. False, false accusations, especially that lead lead to consequences such as you know uh, what what he faced. Um, that's something has to happen, right? You would think like there should be some sort of consequence for that. Like, and to think like if she didn't come out and said you know she lied, he would still be in fucking jail probably, right? Yeah. Why did it take 30, 37 years? Like, I, I don't. I'm I'm not understanding, but. Um, maybe uh, to save face or whatever. But after a, uh, after a judge granted evidentiary hearing in February 2020, Kennebrew testified that she had falsely implicated Mr. Forbes because she had been intimidated into doing so by two local men who knew her from around the corner or from around the neighborhood and who had threatened to harm her and, and her family if she did not implicate Mr. Forbes, according to court documents. Even though it took forever, I'm still grateful she did the right thing, that she did finally tell the truth, Mr. Forbes said. Uh, yeah, man, this is fucked up. Um, where do you, where do you stand on her being intimidated to lie? Yeah, man, after hearing that, I don't know, even, even if you're intimidated, why, why wait that long? You know, maybe, maybe two, three years, probably, you know, just, yeah. that's sad, man. That's, you know, a common thread in people that get released decades after being falsely convicted, wrongly convicted, a lot of them aren't even angry man like we be angry for them yeah, but a lot yeah i was of them, gonna mention that yeah he i think usually they forgive or uh, you know whatever happened to them like whoever caused the caused them to be in jail innocently and usually they're very calm about it man so and i think that speaks volumes of their character bro because like yeah yeah you can be mad at you can be in my opinion justifiably mad at the world because of this because this is the justice system right monty this is the this is the best justice system on the planet, so they say. And 
it often leads to people like this getting getting the um short end of the stick, putting it very lightly, man. Like going in at twenty three coming out, like or going in at like twenty five, twenty six coming out at sixty three, like what? So I'm um so I'm reading this from the D, uh, Detroit Free Press, um, and I'm trying to find you know, if he uh, got any compensation. It, it, it doesn't buy back the time, but I want to see uh, if he did get anything. So it says, uh, Forbes is a man of few words. He takes his time to process questions directed towards him and concisely responds in his low-pitched, soothing voice. He recoiled when asked about his faith in the American justice system, calling it the justice system gives a false impression. Just using the term justice gives you the sense that it's a just system, he said. Black people make about 13% of the U.S. population, but account for about half of all exonerations and 54% of homicide and exonerations since 1989. That's crazy. Let me read that again. Black people make up 13% of the U.S. population, but account for about half of all exonerations and 54% of homicide exonerations since 1989. That's crazy, bro. So we, we, we make up a small, because, you know, people always bring up crime statistics or whatever, uh, a lot of conservatives do, but I never, heard, I never hear them talk about this stat, which is that half of all exonerations are black people and 54% of homicide exonerations, you know, uh, are, are, are make up black people, are made of black people and, um, since 1989. That's crazy. Um, which goes to show, man, like, it's, is when the media reports on crimes and stuff like or or people getting convicted waiting for the facts quote unquote if 54 if if 54 percent of all homicide exonerations make up black people it, it might be best to like reserve reserve your 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 judgment and you know um i don't know it's sad because the media can easily convince people that people like walter forbes is guilty uh so i don't know man it's sad it's, it's sad just a uh, sad story overall, and you know. Now I'm thinking, yo, imagine being him. Like you, you could have, he could have started a family. You know, had sons or daughters. Now imagine being out at 63, and you gotta be, you gotta be, you gotta feel some type of way if you look around, like all the life that you could have had that was taken from you. Like you know, what 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 does it come back to? Probably you know, probably family, but you know. He could have had more of a family himself, you know, his own own wife, daughters, and that's that was taken away from him. And nothing could not 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 any amount of money that's gonna that's gonna help him give him give that back to him, you know. Yeah, um, I found I found a piece in this article. It says Michigan in 2016 passed a law that allows wrongfully convicted people to receive fifty thousand dollars for each year. Man, fifty thousand, man, that's hold Trump on, change, on. man. It is Trump change, but it says. Uh, it's a law that allows wrongfully convicted people to receive $50,000 for each year they were in prison. Having been convicted for over 37 years, Forbes is entitled to nearly $2 million in compensation from the state, but the money won't come for months, his attorney said. Um, yeah. And uh, guys, if you're ever found in a situation where you're, 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 facing, you're, you're facing murder or some crazy charge or any crime that you know you didn't do, uh, Forbes, Mr. Forbes' advice is work harder on your case than anyone else. You have to be the driving force behind your own liberation. And I think that's important because it's very easy to lose hope. It's very easy to lose hope, man, when, when you get convicted and then your appeals aren't going through. Yeah. And uh, so... And you don't have... Uh, so, like, you have very few resources in behind, behind bars. Yeah. 
yeah, and that's the lack of resources is exactly why a lot of those, you know, a lot of the black people that make up those crime statistics that people love to uh, throw at us, uh, a lot of them take plea deals because they don't have resources to fight the case. And even though they know that they're innocent, they don't want to risk going to trial and getting like, you know, 10 more years than what they could take with a plea deal. So that that's also sad. But um, And there's like, there's like probably so many other Mr. Forbes that are, that, that, that are not out you know, probably innocent and there's that are uh, spending their time behind bars. That's that's just insane to think about, you know. Yeah, and uh, there's another case. I, I might say, we, we might save it for next week, but it, it deals with a, uh, a guy that was convicted when he was a teenager and he just got executed. He got federally executed. And uh, Kim Kardashian and a bunch of people, including prosecutors that worked on the case, like former prosecutors, uh, uh, spoke out against the, the death row conviction. Um, they they tried to get his sentence commuted to uh, life in prison, but um, uh, he got executed. But uh, we ain't got it. That that would be a little bit much to to go into. Yeah, uh, that's like that's gonna that's gonna make me even more mad and sad. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, the next topic is considerably considerably lighter, but also like eh, is a uh, AOC defends med- medic who has only fan side job to make ends meet. And uh, AOC says leave leave her alone. Uh, AOC yeah, as for AOC, you know, mm-hmm. Alexandra Ocasio Cortez, the yep, yep, the congresswoman. So before I even get into this, Monty, listen, I I understand the issues with with with, with uh OnlyFans. Like uh, there's some YouTubers that have made videos about lonely men who um who uh pay women on OnlyFans. Um, that you know, a lot of these men are called simps and stuff like that, and uh, you know, they're they're very easy to roast and uh, make fun of. Some would call them beta males or whatever. I'm not here to really do that, but um, I just want to say, like, Monty, let me ask you this question right quick. What in the fuck is wrong with having an OnlyFans account as a side job when you're also a medic? Like, your full time job is a medic, but to make ends meet. You know, she got she got an OnlyFans account. What what's wrong with that? Just before I get into this article, what is the actual issue with that? Because I'm not. Oh, seeing what's one. wrong? Mm-hmm. The the job as a paramedic is not paying. Where you gotta do OnlyFans to make even more money, and Facts. that just shows uh, what the fuck is wrong. Facts. Um. Yeah, man. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna read a little bit more into it. Uh. AOC says, leave her alone. The actual scandalous headline here is medics in the United States need two jobs to survive, is what AOC said. That's facts. Um, like, if you're a paramedic, paramedic, you're playing a role in saving people's lives and and uh, bringing them relief to, to excruciating pain and all that. Like, like credit to her for working working that job. Yeah. Um, the, main, the main problem is, like, why would you even make that article in the first place, right? <laughs> like, what, what, what do you have against... Uh, what, what why did you have to put ourselves put her out there like that and i think uh, the article was written by i saw some people comment that this dude just uh probably just bitter or some shit you know or something happened to him that you know causes him to to make a make an article like this like like you would think y'all there's not a good idea to shame this woman like this you know for yeah. in writing a news article about her like you, you gotta know because that just shows that some of these journalists, man, they're yeah, pretty much man. out for clicks or just don't have like a good judgment. 
Yep, yep. And uh, her name is spelled K-W-E-I. So I'm going to say Quay. Quay. Quay, Quay. Uh, Quay began working for the ambulance company as an emergency medical technician, EMT, in 2018. At the time, she was reportedly making minimum wage at nearly $15 an hour. That's insanely low to be out here. Like, listen, I don't know that much about, you know, paramedics, but there is a show that, that I have been watching on A&E called uh, Night Watch. Yeah. Monty, the shit, the traumatic shit that people that are uh, uh, people that ride in the ambulance, the, the, the medics, the EMTs see on the on the nightly basis from like severed fingers to like bones sticking out of like legs, oh, gunshot yeah. wounds. Uh, I saw an episode where a woman's lip was hanging halfway off. Bro, like they're exposed Damn. to some traumatic stuff. And I don't understand how they can stay so cool. So I have so much respect for like EMTs out there, dog. And the fact that they're getting paid min- minimum wage. What? No respect. No respect. Oh my God. That's anyway, insane. so um, Quay then took the. Not to mention, bro, we're in COVID. We're we're in the COVID era right now, too. Like, yeah. That's that's a big deal as well, you know. But um, Quay then took a year hiatus from the job to complete her paramedic paramedic training at the Center for Allied Health Education, where tuition costs 13 k With her completed training as a paramedic, Quay earned $25 an hour working for senior care EMS. Okay, that's, that's a bit better, 10, you know, $10 more. But uh, she said, at the end of the day, it doesn't affect how I treat people. What I do in my free time is my business. It has no effect on how I care for my patients. I know when I'm working, I'm a paramedic. I think I'm pretty good at my job. The medic continued. There are plenty of people who are medical professionals who have every right to do what they want with their own bodies. I'm not doing it at work. Healthcare workers aren't making a lot of money, and I'm not the only one trying to make ends meet. Medical professionals across the country have experienced the brunt of the coronavirus pandemic as many face, grueling hours and harsh conditions as hospitals exceed their capacity to manage the influx of COVID-19 patients. There have also been reports of nurses and health care workers going on strike for more protections against the coronavirus for both their patients and fellow staff. Um, following Quay's interview with The Post, she deleted all of her OnlyFans posts and removed references to her account from Twitter. Damn, bro. But she would Damn. get fired, I think, uh, from the from the other job if they know that she's doing this, which is fucking, which which it should not be happening. That's stupid, dude. Like, um, I, in a similar way, like the, you know, stripping used to be the hustle. I think OnlyFans is probably easier, but like a lot of strippers work like all types of jobs, you know, to make ends meet, just to pay off like student loans or whatever. Some women like, uh pay off their college loans and, and, and make payments, pay their bills via stripping because they're, you know, uh, there's just not a lot of uh, job options out here, especially in the coronavirus era. And bro, like, she delete, she had to delete her shit. Like, damn, dude, I don't, I don't get it, Monty. It ain't Actually, like hopefully, I'm glad this dude made this article. Now people know her name probably. And, you know, AOC oh. replied and now people know and people could actually donate to her. Support her cause, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Yeah. And it's sad because, like, in the interview, she didn't say, like, she was happy with doing it. She did it to make ends meet, right? Like, taking her words at face value, like, I'm I'm not saying she was, like, forced or anything like that, but, like, what what, what if she, you know, if she was paid more, she she might have never thought about selling her body 
or showing pictures of her body, but it is her prerogative to do so. She's not seducing patients. It ain't like she's doing anything nasty to. Yeah, imagine being a patient and she's treating you, and then you found out she has OnlyFans. You go, ew, I'd rather die. <laughs> yeah, that's nobody's silly. gonna do that shit. Man, it's silly as hell. Um, as many businesses were forced to close or operate at limited capacity amid the pandemic, the unemployment rate in the U.S. surged to a record-breaking 14. Uh, 14% uh, in April 2020, with a total of 23 million unemployed. Although rates have decreased in recent months, November reports showed a 6.9% unemployment rate. Unemployment also stretched to healthcare workers when elective procedures were suspended to reserve space and services for COVID-19 patients. Layoffs and furloughs affected workers at 266 hospitals in April, May, and June. Um, although some hospitals have since recalled furlough st staff, some healthcare workers have yet to return to work. 22 hospitals laid off furloughed workers in September. Uh, yeah, that's that's that, man. I don't know what to say other than that. that that's it's just fucked up, man. Like a woman having a side hustle. Any anybody having a side hustle that has it doesn't have nothing to do with your job. I don't care if you're selling weed. I don't care if you're stripping. It doesn't have shit to do with with, with your job. If you're great at your job, that's that's the main thing. That that that. That should be a um but you know how these corporate Karens are like, oh you should not <laughs> they follow every rule to a fucking T. Yeah, the and 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 that's dumb, bro, because it's uh the only time I think an OnlyFans should matter, like if you have a job and OnlyFans should matter is if you're like, I don't know, uh working on a kid's show. <laughs> or something yeah, like I would that. agree like, with that, yeah. Yeah, if you're working on Sesame Street or Barney or something like maybe yeah. And, or and what about a teacher? Do you think uh that that might be a little slippery? I just thought story. about that. I ain't gonna lie. I just I just thought about that. But <laughs> I know this one dude named Washington from uh from actually I think he's from DC. But uh he now he since became like super Christian, so he doesn't do this anymore. But he was a male, like he would melt like as a he would strip as a male on Facebook and post like all of these uh, NSFW photos or whatever, but he was a teacher that kid that teach sixth, second graders. And I once asked him, like, bro, is this not a conflict of interest or whatever? And uh, I think he said something to the effect of, uh, they don't even know, like, they don't know what goes on in this personal Facebook or whatever. So but did you snitch, man? Oh no, 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 no! Whatever the fuck he wants. The only reason I know him is because, and we can talk about this on another one, but he got sexually assaulted by women, and the media laughed at him because he's a buff black man. But he got sexually assaulted and attacked. Oh, so very similar to what happened to Terry Crews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only this was filmed, and Wendy Williams, uh, people like Wendy Williams, like made fun of him and shit like that. And I, I, I didn't like that, so I reached out to him. And uh, yeah, he's a he's a pretty cool guy. But um, my point in saying that is, uh, uh, there was another example in a like there was a headline of a woman that got fired because on vacation. On vacation, I think she took a trip to Cancun or, or you know, maybe Florida. I, I feel like it was Cancun, though. And she was twerking. There was a, Somebody took a video of her twerking in a bikini on somebody. And uh, the video went viral. Um, and the school fired her. But I think I think the school fired her, and that, that's what caused the video to go viral, to be honest with you. But I can't remember the exact details. But um, um, do I feel like her twerking on vacation should get her fired? Not. I ain't gonna lie. Like, not she did really. not post it herself either. I mean. Right, yeah. Because, no, she didn't post it herself. So, I, I don't I don't think so. But here's the thing. Um, 
imagine if you're a hot teacher in high school and you teaching like ninth graders, uh, tenth graders, and that yeah, we all got up. stories. You know, we all got <laughs> stories of that one teacher. Yeah, that one like, teacher, Damn. man. Yeah. Um. So I don't know, man. But this, this is nah, bro. I, I, I support women with their side hustles. I, I, I support single, single mothers that that you know do what they can to to make ends meet, and um, hopefully they enjoy their side hustle. But there are horror stories of women feeling like they have to like sell out their body or whatever, uh, because that's the only option. And um, yeah, man, it's it's, it's fucked up. But um, beginning to wind down though, Monty, and beginning to wrap it up. Um. I guess that we're we're in the segment of like what 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 type of content have we been consuming, watching, reading, listening, and playing? It could be anything. Um, what 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 you been into this past week? Well, you know the big thing that came out, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Yep. So that's I was consuming it, but not anymore, man. Not anymore. Uh, I've I had a lot to say, man. So I kind of calmed down a little bit because. The first time I played it, man, I, I I only spent four hours playing it, and after four hours, I fucking gave up, man. I could not stand playing this game anymore because how buggy, how how outdated this game was, man. Because you know about Cyberpunk, right? Did did you have any interest in playing it? Um. Well, I look at the company that made Cyberpunk as one of the greatest game developers of all time, and so I respect the hell out of uh, hell out of them so when i heard the news that this launch just was terrible uh, for a lot of people uh it, it was legitimately shocking but um in terms of my interest in the actual game sci-fi isn't really like my go-to thing but i will say this if the narrative is strong enough and the dialogue options are are are, are uh good i'll probably check it out yeah i, I probably get it See, but that's um, the that's the issue kind of because the the narrative I, I would argue is not 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 as strong as maybe even not even close to Witcher, and also the dialogue options are they're very limited and your choices don't really matter that much, and even though even though it's not as bad, the the main problem is man the game AI is terrible. It's like they have a police system that's non-existent. They have a traffic system that's not there. They have an NPC system that that is terrible. Also the physics, like. If you if you could, I think there's people already made so many videos comparing it to GTA 5, GTA 4, even GTA San Andreas, which came out almost 20 years ago, and it has better AI and better you know mechanics than this game, which which uh, mind you had three over 300 million dollars spent on it. Like people people spent 300 million dollars was put put behind this game Damn, and over a, seven years, and this is what we got, man. It's like a it's like a major disappointment. And the main problem is, man, I wasn't even that hyped for it, right? I, I think uh, I expected a good game, you know, a decent game. But even then, like, they, they it's, it's way below my, you know, what, what I had in mind, like, way, way worse. And the problem is, I think uh, some, someone on Reddit compiled, like, a list of over 50, 50 things that the developers promised over the years, like, that was going to be in that game. And which were not in the final product, and that's like that's like such misleading. That's like such a misleading thing to do. Like that's terrible. That and I, I see a lot of people giving uh, CD project a lot of leeway, and or they're not going as hard as they they were in a lot of the a lot of the mishaps that were previously happened with a lot of games. And I'm seeing a lot of people not going as hard enough, man. And and 
Uh, I'm just saying, man, you got to keep the same energy. And also the problem is, I think uh, the last generation on PS4 and Xbox is almost unplayable. And they had to even make a statement that, yo, we'll give you a refund. And, uh, you know, uh, they take they take credit for the mishap. But I, I see I seen a lot of people who are still unhappy with the apology. And I played it on PC. I had no problems with the graphics. The graphics were fine. I, I would say, I would even say, it's probably one of the best looking games ever made. And everything else, everything else just is a major disappointment, man. It's like, I would not recommend this game <laughs> at all at this time. Maybe in the Damn. future, man, I'll I'll give uh, I'll give them probably they, they they will need a couple of years to fix this game, not at one year. They cannot fix the game fix this game in a year. They they're gonna need at least probably three years to you know make it make it a good game to yeah. to a decent game even. Uh, oh. There's no way this game is. <laughs> I don't even after they fix it. There's no way this game is a nine out of ten. And I'm I'm very disappointed in like gaming media and journalism, like how 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 this game got nine out of tens, like so many nine out of tens, that's that's like a failure in the system, man. And it has, it definitely, it definitely needs to change. This game is an eye opener, man. Um, I, I, I see what you're saying and I haven't played it, but I did t- talk to my friend. So uh, my cover artist, Skull from uh, Australia, shout out to her. She's the one that made the Great Cave logo. So y'all see how, see how she gives it up. Very talented woman. Uh, she loves it. Well, like she has no issues with it, and her husband is more far into it. She said, and he loves it. I've also talked to my friend Robin from the UK, and he fiercely defends been defends this game and uh, criticizes people that he characterizes as just bitching and moaning. And so he he's been oh, playing. This, I would say you know I, obviously I get that, but you know I, I would say they're definitely blind, or you know they're probably just enjoying it. You know, you know, I enjoy a lot of things that other people, you know, other no. people say it's terrible because I admit, you know, you just got to know, man, because these are actual, these are actual factual criticism. This is not like, this is not like Last of Us where people, people are going back and forth on the story merit because uh, that, that could be argued on. But these are actual evidence-based things that, you know, that they promised or that were not there. That, you know, these that, are like actual factual things that you can't really argue against. That's what I. That's what I told. I, I was telling Robin about this. I was like, "Look, Robin, my only problem is if they told, if they did promise things that weren't in there, there's an issue with that." Uh, but then he said, um, uh, "The people that often create the game aren't linked to like a lot of times they're not able within those two months of release to like let the public know." Uh, he was telling me about pressures from shareholders. He was telling me about the company being pressured by people that demanded it to be released. Uh, uh, and getting mad at them every time they pushed it back, uh, and basically, so it's he, their they, own fault, man. You don't. That's why you don't hype up your shit. That's why I respect uh, Rockstar Games. They do yeah. not announce anything until the game is finally ready. So hey, it's their own fault, man. It's it's, it's on them. You, you can't defend that shit. And Ro- Ro- Robin also said, uh, um, it's he said he's too old to buy into the hype, and 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 that uh. He goes in blind, yada yada yada. But but look, Monty, like I said, if if if, if a company promises something, and and it's not there, like I use an example of like, bro, what if I don't know, what if I came out with an album and promised all these features, like, oh, Wayne is on there. I got an old Tupac and Biggie verse on my album, and then it comes out, and like only like a third or like not even half of those features make the album. And he, then he was like, but this is different. This is the game. This is the game. I'm like, okay, I got you. But I I did tell them that I would speak up for them now i can't defend the game because i haven't played it like that but uh skull for instance said uh i said uh speaking of cyberpunk 
um, you told me you were excited for it. So what do you make of the underwhelming launch and its alleged alleged litany of issues, including promises not being delivered? And then she said, uh, I'm finding it fine. Beautiful game. What visual, uh, what visual glitches I have seen aren't game breaking. I'm loving the characters. My husband is much further into it than me and is jokingly calling his character Bat V at the moment because he's decided to go chasing down all the crime in the city to get street cred before going full bore into the main quest because it does reach a point of no return where you can still wander around, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and you can do what you want, but hold on. But it does suffer visual and physical glitches and stuff because of the damage being done to the character's brain from the chip. Oh, I, I guess that's actually like game gameplay uh, elements she's talking about. She's not talking about the game actually glitching. But anyway, she says he's also learned. Uh, she said her husband also learned the, uh, the need to chase up money for upgrades and get crafting going before getting too in-depth into the main quest so you don't get kind of slowed down, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay. And then she said, uh, it seems a, a more. It seems like it's more of a big issue for the console and lower end PCs having issues running it, and that is, uh, and that is on CDPR. But they got badgered and nagged into releasing it, so uh, suffering. They're suffering the consequences for that. Uh, there's rumblings there. We're going to push it back till like March next year to get it working better on consoles. But clearly, that didn't happen. And uh, and she said they're they're putting in work to 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 patch over things. Personally, she's only seen very few minor visual hiccups that haven't been in the game yet. Oh, wait. She's only seen very minor visual hiccups that haven't yet been game-breaking for her. She said her husband did run into one quest that bugged out today, but a quick step, a, a quick back step to a previous save sorted it out. Um, and so, yeah, I guess, let me ask you this. Monty, what did you play it on? Did you play it on a pretty good PC? Oh yeah, I had no problems running it. I okay. it was on my PC, you know, uh, GeForce Now, which is which is cloud gaming, and it's amazing how I could run any game, like any graphic. I mean, it could run even better than actual gaming PCs. That's how good it good these are. Like, cause I know a lot of people with PCs are even having problems running this game, like handling right. the the pressures of the graphics, how good it, how you know how how much rendering it needs, I guess. And you know, I had no problems with with the system that I was running on. I had, I just had problems with the actual gameplay and the things in the game. So that even, you know, that's that's not even counting all the bugs and that's what I had main problems with. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Like I said, Monty, I don't know much about the game, but if they made problems, but I will say, bro, they, they are offering full refunds and a lot of times companies don't do that. Um. And they do have a good track record in terms of general, you know, in, in their past with The Witcher Three, greatest game of all time, by the way. They just have good PR, man. They just have good PR to, you know, make, make, uh, just have have the illusion, oh, we're we're better than other people. But you know, uh, you can't oh, trust oh, any no, companies. I gotta push back on this. I gotta push back on this because when The Witcher Three came out, bro, they could have put loot boxes in there. Like the the prices were fair. The DLCs were well fleshed out. I know you haven't played The Witcher Three, so you you might not know this, but. They could have, if they wanted to, they could have, uh, they could have gave streamers a hard, a hard time, but they're pro streamer, they're pro fan, they're pro consumer generally. Uh, and, and with The Witcher 3, again, they're anti like loot boxes. When all these other games were putting in loot boxes and gambling for kids and all that, they, they spoke out against that. And, uh, uh, when there was pressure to make certain games multiplayer, because that's the new wave that the gaming, a lot of these companies want to make things multiplayer like Destiny 2. 
and all that, uh, they, they said, no, we can make great single-player games. And they did with Witcher 1, Witcher 2, Witcher 3. Uh, and they didn't, they didn't beat you over the head for like, oh, you can pay this much for, for skins. Like, for instance, Bethesda back in the Elder, on the Elder Scrolls game in Oblivion, they, you had to pay $15 to put armor on your horse. With the, the CD Projekt Red, like, I don't know, bro. Like, I, this really just shocks me. Like, I, I don't, I don't know what happened. I, I guess the three hundred million dollar investment. You know, they're way bigger now. They're way more Hollywood. But I, all I know is from my history with the company, they're one of the best developers and and most transparent and most fan friendly company. Uh, they're not Bethesda. They're not uh, EA. EA. Uh, whatever. Electronic Arts. They're the devil of the gaming industry. So, um. I don't know. I, I think I, I, it's fucked up from, from what I'm hearing. But I'm, and I've seen videos of people playing on the PS4 and I, I have problems with that because um, this, like you said, they had seven years of development and it was marketed towards the PS4 Pro. It was promised that it would play very well. Uh, now, they did say that there's going to be two big patches, one in January and one in February. That's that's not going to be as good as like high end PC and PS5 and all that. But it's, it's going to be closer to that experience. I don't know. But uh all I'm saying, my, my biggest disappointment is, Monty, if you know for a fact, because I, I haven't seen their actual quotes, but if you know for a fact that they promised that list of things that weren't in the game and didn't tell fans like beforehand, yeah, that's that's, that's messed up. That, that's really Yeah, if up. you check the Reddit link, like somebody compiled like over, probably at this point, over 50 things with actual, you know, reference and, you know, citations of when they mentioned and everything that were promised that are in, not in that game. That just shows how big of a fuck up this is, not just from buggy, <laughs> not just bugs and just, you know, things yeah. that could be easily fixed. So they, they're they going to take years to make this game actual, be the game that, you know, people, people want it to be because, because mm-hmm. the world is, man, it has so much potential, man. And because, you know, the world is beautiful and it's just the open world aspects and even the RPG elements are just not there, man. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll I, I'll tell you this one point though, like like you said, you know, you either you either die a hero or you l- live long enough to see yourself become the villain. So that's what's happening with them, with CDPR. Right, right. Well, uh, I got something real quick to talk about on 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 my end. Uh, basically, DC Comics, uh, has a new comic coming out. Um, and it's uh, it has a plus size guy queer queer uh teenager as the main character and um if you see the cover all you guys got to do is like uh type in i am not starfire you will see that it is indeed uh it's starfire is on the cover her back is facing us and her daughter in this comic is again uh a plus size goth queer teen daughter and of course people made fun of this people made fun of this and uh um basically my friend the person that did our logo she remixed this cover and made the the main character look a lot more um some would say aesthetically pleasing like you know a, a traditionally beautiful uh traditionally beautiful girl and uh twitter bander because i guess tumblr tumblr's fans of uh you know tumblr is known to be like uh how do i say it about you i don't i don't, I don't want to say something that'll give you a trouble um Basically, you know, they're, they're, they're pro, you know, plus size, they're, they're you know, uh, LGBTQ community and all that. They're, it's a strong 
uh, movement over there on Tumblr, which I'm, I don't I'm know. Tumblr kind of, I hear they, they took a really big loss when it comes to, you know, viewership or people going there after they deleted all porn to be posted there. I think that's what I think it happened last year. And like a lot of a lot of people just left Tumblr after that. Right, right, right. Well, basically, um, when I first saw this, when when Skull first told me, showed me this, I thought it was just like a fan fiction thing. But no, DC Comics is endorsing this, and and this is going to be uh, like an alternate universe type of thing where Starfire has a daughter that's uh, yeah plus size and doesn't want to be the daughter of. It's one of those stories where it's like I'm not my mother, I'm not Starfire, I'm my own yeah. person, and she even dyes her hair black and blah 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 blah. Now in other stories, Starfire has a a, a husband. Uh, she marries a, a character called Nightwing, and they have a daughter. And the daughter looks uh, a lot of people will say attractive. You know, looks like Starfire and all that. And um, you know, people people are criticizing this because Starfire apparently comes from a race of, of of people that are supposed to be peak genetics and all of that type of stuff. And uh, so the daughter in this comic doesn't look like I guess. There's no lore justification. So a lot of anti-SJWs are looking at this like more uh, just forcing forcing these uh, these labels down their throat. Uh, See, this is like, where I would say, man, <laughs> you're, just, you're just making a bigger deal out of what it already is. Because, you know, obviously there might be some issues with it, with, with right. the lore. But it's not a big of a, it's not too much of a big deal where you got to blow it out of proportions. Because, uh, you know, remind you, this is a, this is like an alternate reality book, so it's not happening in the main universe. So right, this right, is like right. a, it's like just, it's like a, just a side thing, and it's not affecting the main story. And so I don't really have much of a problem. Obviously, obviously, if you read the book and it's not as good, writing writing wise, then you could then you could probably you know argue that you know this not this was not a good decision. But you know it's it's just it's just this SJW community just looking for things to be you know mad about. That, that fit their agenda to rile yeah. up their base. That's the pretty much thing, what's going on. Right. The only thing that, that makes me upset is that, like, Skull actually liked the art style or whatever, and she just remixed it. She just made another cover, inspired by that cover, and made the character not uh, obese, made her look more like Starfire. And the community that supports that comic got wind of that, and they nuked her Twitter. They 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 mass flagged her uh, Twitter, even though she didn't say anything inflammatory. She just made her own version of that cover. And so, uh, yeah, that's an issue, right? Like people's interpretations of art or whatever. She's not selling it. She's not, she didn't say any, from what I understand, there wasn't no caption that said, oh, this is better or anything like that. She said, hey, here's my version of, of the comic book. And uh, they, they nuked her Twitter for it. So now she's uh, trying to get a new SIM card to make a new Twitter, blah, 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 blah. And so, uh, I, I was asking her questions about it and she said they are marketing it as another kind of universe within the comics, but reading anything on it and knowing anything about the writer, it is a blatant self-insert fan fiction being the child of some great hero and how hard it is not being the only, not how hard it is not being their only kid, but also gay, lesbian and rebelling against the hero parent. I will freely, freely admit I've read fan fiction, some of it damn amazing, um, blah, 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 blah. And uh, she's all fine with that story as an idea of a teen with this, with superhero parents just wanting to be normal and treated as normal, so going all rebellious like any other teenager. But it's the self-insert and deliberately making the character look purposely unappealing and not even like they're related to the supposed characters who are meant to be their parents. So I guess that's her her issue with it. But I ain't gonna lie, Monty. 
apparently, so it's a self-insert. Like she's saying that like the author looks like that and just made a uh, animated version of herself being Starfire's daughter. I mean, and, a lot of authors do that. <laughs> a lot of authors, you know, put themselves in the book. But I, I guess with I, I understand what she's saying. It's like it's so obvious. It's like it's not even it's not mm-hmm. even that you know. If you want to do that, you want to be very not so so for forth. Uh, you know, so forthcoming with it, so obvious with it. You know, you gotta. If you if you're like a good writer, you would know how to insert yourself, but not make it as obvious. Right, right, and I, you know, just to like make sure, I was like, um, could you be into a comic with great storytelling, art, and a compelling premise with a character that looks like the main character that's in this uh, DC comic? And she said, uh, I can get behind something like that as long as the protagonist's story is good and engaging. I've read some one-shot comics with rough or ugly art characters and still loved it because the story and characters were plenty engaging. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's so she, you know, she just wants the uh, story to actually be good. But one thing I will say, the story hasn't even came out yet. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. But, but you uh, know, a lot of people are not even going to read it or if they do read it, this is going to tear it apart regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cause people got fan bases to, to appeal to. Right. And so, um, yeah, I, it is what it is, man. I, I don't really, I don't really care that much. The only reason I brought this up is because, uh, I always have trouble with this topic of like, Oh, what have you been watching for the past week? Cause I watch a lot of stuff, but this is the most recent thing. And I find it unfortunate that my, one of the greatest cover artists in the world that did our logo, uh, got, yeah, got shout banned. out to her, man. The logo is fire, man. Yeah. 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 That, that she got banned for just an interpretation of, of, of a comic or whatever we gotta get our account uh, we gotta get her account back you know we can't have that hell yeah hell yeah um one thing i will say though the manga industry is kicking dc comics and marvel comics ass bro oh yeah i'm big into you know you you know me i'm i've been in the comic industry for a long time you know demon slayer demon slayer sold 82 million copies last year or was it this year one of those years bro 82 million and you take that figure and then, like, you take DC Comics or Marvel Comics. I, I was reading an article earlier, and you like combine their sales in that same time period. It's not even close. Demon Slayer sold eighty-two million man. Bro, I like Demon Slayer. I don't find it like to be the greatest thing. I just love the art and I love the anime. I haven't read the manga, but eighty-two million copies, bro. Yeah. Like DC and Marvel, like the, the biggest comic, you know, comics in the world, comic companies in the world can't even like come close to that. And uh, some would say it's it's because of them putting stuff like this out. I'm not gonna go that far. I got a comment on this though, because you know What's I've up? been I've been into it. I've been familiar with the comic industry. Yeah, they're yep. very bad with uh, reinventing themselves. I mean, actually, they do reinvent themselves. It's like they they reset everything and release them over again. Say, if you have a comic series, right, and yep. it goes over to like 50 issues or 60 issues, like you know, like volumes, pretty much, but. Every couple of years, they reset everything and change to, you know, bring new viewers in or new readership in. But it doesn't yeah. really work because there is just the same old thing over and over again. And and it's like uh, they're they're very bad with just, uh, you know, just reinventing, reinventing themselves with the times, you know, keeping up with the times. And there's just not really it has a really bad marketing team behind the comic industry. They're very bad at just promoting the, the the books that are out there. And hey, man, comics. Uh, I mean, uh, manga. <laughs> uh, this, it's no doubt that they're kicking their ass because you know they know how to appeal to the younger fan base. And comics are 
they're just struggling with that, man, very badly. It's funny too because uh, like some of the biggest biggest titles in uh, Japanese comics is like My Hero Academia, and that show you could tell that Arthur was clearly like inspired by DC Comics, <laughs> you know, with All Might and all that, and Superman and all that. Yeah, like, and that like, that series probably makes so much more money than both Marvel and DC combined. Yeah, man. If Demon Slayer sold 82 million copies, like, I didn't know it was that popping, bro. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, that's- I hear it's not. It's, it's kind of overrated. That's what I hear a lot of the enthusiasts talk about. Yeah, yeah. It's not the greatest anime of all time or anything like that, but it's it's a fun watch. Uh, I don't really read manga, guys. I got to get back into it, but I, I, like an, I like anime adaptations, and the Demon Slayer adaptation, visually, there's not too many shows that look better than it. But I'm more of a narrative guy, story driven guy, yeah. plot twist type of guy. And to me, it's more of like a, it's like your average shonen. It's just your average shonen. So, um, but with that being said, Monty, that's that's pretty much the end of that, man. I, oh yeah, I, mean, I didn't get to mention I had another thing that that was oh, okay. that I, I was gonna talk about what I've been consuming, man, and is the Kid Cudi album, Man of the Moon Three, that just came out last week. And man, it's fucking fire, man. I love it. <laughs> Almost every track, I think. Probably out of the 18 tracks on there, or 18 or 16, I think. And probably one song that I would not put in my playlist. And, you know, my playlist, I only put the songs that I'm going to that I'm gonna be listening to over and over again. And almost all the songs on there, like almost 90, 95% of the songs on there, like absolute fire, man. Amazing production. Amazing. It's like so the mixing, the mixing and mastering is so like clear. It's like perfect. And uh, Kid Cudi, man, he he really big. He really brings it, man. He brings the emotions and how much he he shows through the album, like how much he has changed over the years, like his evolution and how he's in a better place than he was before, man. It's it's great to see, man. And it's 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 a beautiful album, man. I, I'm I'm gonna be keep listening to it for for over years and years to come, man. It's amazing. You should definitely check it out. Damn, okay. So he bounced because I remember Needle Drop reviewing one of his albums. Uh, I don't know which one, but uh, he gave it like a zero or something. Like yeah, that. yeah, that's that's uh, like one of the albums uh, yeah. came out almost like probably five, six years ago, which was it, it was not Kid Cudi, it definitely didn't sound like him, his usual self, and mm-hmm. it just it was definitely like experimental track that just did not you could tell he was in a bad place at that time. <laughs> Yeah, I, I saw uh, Joe Button's recent podcast, and uh, he was so nervous to basically criticize Kid Cudi for like the first five minutes. He was like, "Nah, man, I, like I haven't heard the album yet." He was just trying to give like these platitudes um, because of, he knows how how rabid the Kid Cudi fan base is. But basically, he came out and admitted it that like he don't really fuck with Kid Cudi's music like that. He didn't. It, I don't know, but he said he didn't listen. Man, to Joe the album, Button though. is an old head, man. His opinions are gonna be way different than the younger. The people are, you know, bumping probably. That, that that's true, but I got to give Joe Button his credit though, because if you know anything about Joe Button, he did make emo music. So like, and he does love vocals and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, he is an old head, so he does like what he's like. He probably set. He's probably ways. he probably knows the old head emo, you know, the emo old head type. I don't even know. It's probably <laughs> different emo than what people are used to, you know. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, man. Um, in terms of Kid Cudi, like. Uh, he had a couple of records that I used to bump in high school, walk on the way walking to high school and walking back home. He had a song called uh, Rager. Mr. Rager. Yeah. I like that. Uh, but I, I haven't do- uh, 
Like I haven't gotten that yeah. deep into his catalog. I haven't listened to a lot of the songs that people because he's loved, bro. People look at him as an absolute legend. From what I understand, he's inspired a lot of artists. Like a lot of artists come from Kid Cudi's tree. Um, and it's cool that you know he's relevant so many years uh, later, even after uh, beefing with Drake. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that, but he did with Kanye with too. I think they had a falling out, but they they kind of made up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So shout out Kid Cudi, man. Yeah. I might have to check out Men on the Moon. And I'm not even a big fan of him. I mean, I wasn't a big fan until probably Kitsy Ghost. That's when I got more deeper into Kid Cudi and you know appreciate his music a lot more. And this album is it definitely has a like a lot of influence from Travis Scott actually, and also his you know his. A lot of his older albums too, Kid Cudi. It's like a mix of his older, older style and the newer style, where it's a lot of Travis Scott influence. So it's it's a pretty dope album. Okay, yeah, man. Um, I probably have to check it out. Does he have a single out, or he just dropped the album? What I've seen. Oh, it's the whole album. Okay, but so he hasn't shot a video for a particular song, though. Uh, I don't think so, no. But you could just listen to the whole album on YouTube. <laughs> That's a commitment. I'll listen. I, I I'll check some of it out. Bro. Damn okay. man, <laughs> hey man, this is a hip hop show. You definitely gotta listen to albums. <laughs> I know he's a legend, man. I know he's a legend. I, I'm a, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get around to it. Um, but with that being said, man, this was episode ten. Yeah. Uh oh uh, oh yeah, we didn't even get to promote our you know YouTube YouTube channel that we just you know just oh yeah just began recently. I meant to do that at the beginning, guys. But yeah, guys, like I'm I'm super excited to like we're super excited to announce that. We uh, brought on a, a editor who's like fire, and he took a, a clip of uh, last week's episode where we talked about Casanova, DJ Vlad, Takashi Six Nine, the ethics of snitching. Uh, it's a 27 minute video, guys, but like he he did his thing, man. He edited it, and um, it's beautiful. Like it, yeah, man. He he just he just brought the visuals to our to what we were saying, and it, it, like it blew my expectations uh, apart. Yeah, way way out of expectations, and yeah. yeah, you could definitely check it out if you just type in on YouTube the Great Cape TV. But we'll definitely try to find a better way to promote it on this show. You know, so far it's gonna be it's gonna take a while to get everything rolling perfectly. Yeah, yeah, you know, we're still new. We're still you know bumping our heads trying to find the best way to um uh, you know get uh get our stuff out to you guys. But um I'm excited. You know, ten ten. We're on episode 10, Monty. That's 10 weeks in. That's surprising. It doesn't feel like we've been doing this for 10 whole weeks. Um, and the next episode might, I mean, we're, we're winding down, bro. Like, it's the end of 2020 is coming. So, um, yeah, man. Uh, oh, yeah. We might not even exist because uh, our next episode <laughs> is after December 21st. So, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Last oh, episode, shit. man. And we if this is the last episode, guys. Uh, enjoy life. Stay positive. <laughs> drink water eat your uh you know eat your weedies or whatever and um yeah, yeah but nah uh see you see you guys next tuesday man i uh, hope you yeah. guys enjoyed this episode uh we enjoy making these episodes and uh thank you yeah and if you have any questions or if you want to drop anything you got to say you could email us at the great cave at gmail.com yeah 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 because you know um, i'm always down to hear people's uh, uh feedback uh if you got any questions or topics to suggest or uh segment ideas or whatever just you know just email us man or even if it's just to say hey what up i like your show or or hey what up your show's trash <laughs> let us know <laughs> how you feel let us know how you feel for but, sure um, man all right man episode 10 in the can peace out
Yo.